Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another awesome, amazing recording. Oh, you're here in the noise. I'm one half of this amazing duo. My name is Steve. Hey, what's happening, everybody? My name is Dan, and welcome to episode 90. This is a special one today. You know, it's not often that we get to have royalty on the show. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go ahead and start things off by a little bit of fellatio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. I really needed that. Uh, don't, but you're not the recipient of this fellatio. Oh, though, okay. Right, Steve? We're, too, we're too close. Oh, to my I like my more, uh, you know, I like uh, casual things, not this whole formal thing that we have. You don't, you don't like that Black Mirror situation? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's early in the day, and a new text came out for Christmas, so we'll see how we go. Hey, everybody. Guess what? <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys something. Uh, if I may oh give a quick God. little impromptu. <laughs> out the gate, we're going. All right, everybody calm the fuck down for just a second. I just wanted to say, all right. So, like, approximately two years ago, I started, I was driving to Sacramento. And I'm like, you know what? I need, it's going to be a long trip. I knew there was traffic. I knew it was going to be like a two and a half hour trip turned into like a four and a half hour trip. I need something to listen to. Yeah. Tell me about it. Right. So, you know, I like my pop culture, Steve. I love my movies and comics and all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to find something that's going to entertain me the entire drive. So randomly, I'm just looking for something that's like the longest episode I could find. Turns out it was this show called Pop Culture Leftovers. Turned it on, started listening to it, and was immediately hooked. Uh, the hosts were fantastic. The guests were fantastic. Their content, fantastic. And it pretty much kept me entertained the entire time. I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe I'll have to find something once I start hitting the Stockton area. Not the case, Steve, because it's the longest fucking show ever, and it's all good all the time. So, ladies and gentlemen, with us today, to celebrate episode 90 of the Heroes of Noise, I know it's, it's, it's just 90, it's not episode 100, but calm yourselves, we'll get there. Like I'm saying. Special guest today. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Happy to be here, man. Happy to have you, dude. Steve, you don't really know him. You guys have never met. You sort of... I don't... I've never actually, quote-unquote, met the dude, the man. Yeah, you guys have sort of parallel played, if you will. Yes! And the funny thing is, it's like, hey, I always hear amazing things, and we kind of tweet each other or whatever, but I've never actually had the pleasure of meeting the dude. And let me tell you something. It is a total and utter... Okay. Can I get mushy real quick or no? Sure. Okay. People, Brian is just the nicest dude. He... he, (laughs) Even I'm laughing on that. I'm telling you, there were times where it's just like, hey, man, um, because a lot of these... Oh, should I do that? Yes. a, A lot of these hosts of the podcast that you guys love are douches, total douches, utter douches. And Brian is one of the legit guys. They're just like, man, we'll help you out any way you can. That is very far into between in this world, let alone in the world of podcasting. And Brian is one of the legit ones. So it is really, really, really an honor to have you on the show and to be able to talk to you, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for the, all the kind words. I, it is making me a little uncomfortable, but I'll take it. <laughs> I appreciate. It. No, I listen. Yes. I listen to you guys every week. So you know, I, I and that's the God's honest. I listen to you guys every single week, and I always, uh, I always get a kick out of listening to you guys uh, on your on your podcast. So it's kind of crazy for me to be here too, you know, because usually I'm just listening, and here I am interacting. So this is fantastic. Thanks for having me on. 
thank you for being on, brother. So I have got my my goal. Number one is to find out. Like we know you're for everyone who listens to the show has heard of Pop Country Laughter. It's the most popular show on the internet as we speak. If <laughs> I have my numbers correct, last I checked, yeah, it's last like, I checked, it's like way, it's leagues over Rogan. It's huge. Oh God, it's come freaking on, humongous, dude. And Brian, real quick, I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah, Brian, go, ahead, go ahead. Do you, Brian, do you prefer your fellatio with a finger in the ass or just grabbing firmly holding <laughs> two ass cheeks? Because we're going to give it today, buddy. Oh, God. I, yeah, this is not how I wanted this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I know you get uncomfortable with that kind of shit, dude. I'm oh, just man. I mean, for me, it's like you you call it fellatio, but I might as well just be a prostate exam. I, oh, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's a double deal today. Just letting you know if you, if you want it. It's a twofer. Thank it's you. A twofer for sure. <laughs> but before we before we get into full on the full on act, do you want to get into our wonderful and amazing contact information so I can just zoom through and just keep on, you know, giving this brother all the compliments in the world? Because they they're gonna keep coming, bro. They're gonna keep coming. You know what? We might need to back off a little bit. You know how like you you approach? Oh, look at that bear. It's, it's a really fucking beautiful thing. I'm going to go take a picture of it. Maybe I'll try to pet the bear. Don't pet the bear today. All right? We no! Have good, we have a fantastic guest, but let's not make him uncomfortable. Let's get all this shit out of the way. It's more like uh, we're on Love Connection right now, and I'm getting ready <laughs> to tell Chuck Woolery that I don't want to go out on a second date. That's kind of where <laughs> Almost. Okay, you're Okay, you're in a different age group than I thought you were. When you said Love Connection, I was like, Love Connection? Was he around doing Love Connection? Brian's got the references, man. We're good. We can I'm good that. this kind of shit today. Chuck There's no jokes Woolery, going huh? over the head about like, you know, you can talk about like, I- I'm guessing, Brian, if I mentioned, let's say, uh, Land of the Lost or maybe uh, oh, dude. Uh, HR Puff and stuff, you would know what I'm talking about, right? I grew up on both those things. Dude, I, Steve, I'm the exact same age as you, dude. That is amazing. I did not. You look very young, man. You are aging well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh you sorry. Hate, boy, do you hate compliments, bro. I'm going to, this is going to be a fantastic show. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I like, I usually just brush off the compliments and then we move forward. But you guys, Uh-oh. you're leaning into them. So <laughs> for sure. Did you look, I see your pictures. I'm like, I thought you were like 31, 32, bro. Well, all right. Okay. This this is the best podcasting date I've ever been on. <laughs> I, I swear. No, I, it's I about swear. to become a speed date, I think. I swear. When you said Chuck Woolery, that's what made me like, wait a minute. Oh, no. How does he know be back in two and two? I'll be back in two and two. I, 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 I you know, um, it's, uh, it, I'm sorry. My cat is on my table. If you've ever listened to my. Oh, come on. Well, who's who's on? Is it he, he, or is it cake? It's he he. If you've ever listened to my podcast, yeah, we are going to have uh, other special guests on this episode of Heroes of being my cat. He he. Oh, you know, it's funny. This brings up a great subject. I was thinking about getting a cat, but I was warned that they spray everywhere. Only the males. Only the males. You got to get them. You got to get them. Uh, you got to get them neutered. So you have a hard time with that kind of shit, but you would be I doing do. it a disservice, Steve, if you didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, spay and neuter your animals, please. Now we've gone on to Bob <laughs> Barker. It's, oh, it's just 40. you fucking wait, sir. We're going everywhere today. We're going to run the gamut. So your cat has never sprayed in your house at all? When I Okay, when I first got him, he was not uh, neutered, but uh, he would, oh my God, he would just cry all the time, and he was full of energy and all this. Oh, 
acting nuts. And then I got him neutered and he turned into a completely different cat. He was just so much better. And he's just so lovable now. I'm telling you, you got to spay and neuter your cats. I really want a cat. Because the more I see like the Maine Coons, I was like, A, I don't like the name. I was like, wow, Steve. <laughs> wow. I mean, fuck, we just got started, Steve. <laughs> but I do like, I do like the cat. And I'm like, I would love it. Everyone was like, hey, be careful. They spray everywhere and they'll scratch up everything. I'm like, I've gone to people's houses with cats and they seem perfectly. A friend of mine, I forget he has a cat until I'm tapping my foot and I get attacked. I forget that he has a cat. I'm like, oh, that's right. Because the cat is doing its own thing. So like, uh, yeah, I've been in a, maybe I'll get one phase. Maybe I'll get one like he he. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a responsibility, man. It's like it's one of those things where I remember like when the Black Panther movie came out, everybody's like, "Oh, I got to get a I'm going to get a black cat and I'm going to name him T'Challa." And it's they don't realize that it's 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 not and then you see all these cats being put up for Oh, that's so true. Because because they don't. Same thing with Easter, man. Parents will buy their kids like bunny rabbits over Easter and then not realize that it's a pet and that you got to take care of them. And so then you see like, you know, Easter bunnies, all these bunnies people are selling and Craigslist and the paper and online and all this crap, Facebook. And it's just, you get, it's a responsibility, man. You've got to like open up your home to this animal. I'm telling you, like if you take care of them and you love them, it, it, it just, oh, it's just, it's great. I love my cats. I absolutely, I would love to get a third, but it's like, it's, it's just too much. But I, the two that I have right now are just fantastic. So and how old were they when you got them? Uh, they were both juveniles when I got them and, uh, the, well, he, he was, uh, my ex-wife just left him here. And so I love this cat. That's them. That's what they, anyway, don't get me started. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then cake was a stray that was outside, uh, in oh. December. And so I brought him in and, uh, took him to the vet and found out that he wasn't shipped and nobody Nobody was claiming him, so I took him in, and he was just basically like a like kit between kitten and juvenile. So yeah, yeah. Oh come, on. and you've never been scratched. They have not scratched you as like you're annoying me sort of thing. Oh, uh, he he did it one time. I don't know what I was. I think I was loving him too hard. I was just loving him so much, and I was like pulling him in and rubbing my face up, and he just started batting my face. I must have done something wrong. Wow. Yeah, but that was but no it. no hissing. No hissing. No, these guys don't hiss. Huh. Oh, you're, you're selling it, Matt. Because I was like, I know I want an animal in the house. But I just like, I think a cat is what I want. But, you know, when people scare you. Because I was like, I'll just get a big old one of those claw things that I could just put in the living room. And they'll do that. They're like, no, but they're going to really like your couch to claw on, too. I'm like, I, I don't care. It's a thing. I'd rather just have, I want a living, especially since my son's about to go to college. I'm like, come on. I need a living thing in the house. Well, what about Melissa? Yeah, she she has a, she has those monsters. She has Presley's big, and so we'd have to figure that out. But I know right now, I think a living a cat would be like a perfect baby steps. I got you. Yeah, baby steps to the elevator. Baby steps. Yeah, exact, exactly. And now you know Brian, the man, the myth, the legend over here is selling selling the the cat identity. Tashala. What are you talking about? I think now, right when you said that, I'm like, that's a novel idea. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time, like, you know, making this about like, like Pet Sunday or anything like that. But if I may, now, Steve, I think this might be good for you because I'm going to ask Brian. See, I'm a dog guy. Brian, what, what's your deal on dogs? You don't like dogs? 
No, I love dogs. I had a dog. It was one of the, me and my ex-wife got a dog together. And that's the thing. I think it takes two people to really take care of a dog because, you know, yeah, it's, you got a point. Because it, it was just me there. After we got divorced, it was just me. And so when I'm gone at work all day, so my my dog's all alone. It was nice for a while because my neighbor, uh, he was retired and he would come over and take the dog out and spend a lot of time with him. That's awesome. He got cancer and then passed away. So then. Oh, not awesome. I know. Sucks, it, yeah, I know. It went from awesome to like, oh. <laughs> I mean, we really just had to hit the peak and then the valley within yeah, about 10 seconds. He's dead. Yeah. And that, that went real dark real quick. No, he was. Yeah. He was a sweet guy and he just, he loved his dog and he would take him on walks and all this stuff. Just an old retired guy that just didn't have shit to do. And he'd take care of my dog. But then when he passed away, then it was just me. And then, and then, and then Benny, that was my dog. And I named him after Benny the bull because I'm a huge Chicago bulls fan. Oh my Come God. Come on. At game versus Portland the other night. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Anyway. Y'all got a fantastic dunker and homeboy though. Oh yeah. See, um, he's every time he goes, I'm like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? But if it's a layup, I'm like, okay, fine. He didn't do it. But and when you guys got rid of Rose though, dude, it changed the I think y'all should have kept him. Y'all yeah. should have kept Rose. Man, I do when Derek Rose first came into the league. Oh my god. Oh he was my like from eight, he was a nineteen eighties style player in a nowadays league. I was like, this kid is like a second coming of somebody. Dude, when when he I, I I'm a fan, I'm a diehard fan, and I was there, you know, dur- of course during the Jordan years. I even stuck for Elton Brand. I was there for Brent Barry. I was there for Brent wow, Elton and Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler. I went through all of it, man, and uh, I was there for the six games that John Starks played with the Bulls. Yeah, John Starks was a was a bull at one time, he was, but he was always a beast, dude. John yeah. Starks was always like, I mean. From when he was in the on the Knicks, dude, when he man. dunked on Jordan. Remember when he dunked on Jordan? I remember that man. <laughs> Jordan was posterizing dudes every fucking game, and then he really was. Jordan gets posterized. By oh, him. dude, that I, was so. I couldn't. Believe, I was like, is he going baseline? Is it gonna? I was like, oh, this just. Happened. But then they're gonna always point to that. But the, I don't think the Bulls lost that game though. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I don't think they lost that game either. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I don't think they lost, but everyone was rooting for someone to do something to uh, to Jordan. So, like, y'all had, there was a time where you were a dynasty, dude. Oh, God. Oh, You God. were a those, dynasty. Those were the best years, man. Oh, they, I went to, I was in, um, I was, uh, when the Bulls won their final championship, uh, me and, uh, it was me and my ex-girlfriend, we we're talking and it was like midnight and I was like, you know, the bulls rally is in grant park. Oh yes. To, you know, tomorrow, which is today. And I'm like, do you, I, and we were talking about it, like, we we're just like, let's just get in the car and go. And so we got in the car and got to Chicago by four in the morning, got in line and went to the Chicago bulls rally. And I got, come to, on, I got to sit in the seats and I got to hear all the players give their, come on, dude, check this out. I was on the radio. It was some kind of a uh, morning radio show. Like I, th- I think it was called like Mike and Michelle or something. I can't remember, but I talked to them on the radio and then I had the Southtown daily come by and it was this local newspaper. They've been since bought out by, uh, um, the Chicago sun times, but they interviewed me and her. 
got my name in the paper and he sent me the paper and I still have it. So I'm part of like Bulls history. Are you kidding me? No, like I have a Chicago Bulls vending machine, not vending machine, but a soda machine. I'm a huge Bulls fan. I have so much memorabilia. It's insane. I've met Bulls players. I've met. Who have you met? Who have you met? Oh, I've met. um, Well, of course, I met their first coach and then commentator for years, uh, Johnny Red Kerr. And uh, that was incredible. Um, got to meet Norm Van Leer. Norm Van Leer and Johnny Red Kerr both passed away on the same day. And it was. What are the chances of that? I don't know. It was the saddest day. This Jeez. is going to be the first episode that you guys have ever. No, I, no, I did not know that. All I'm doing is talking about full stuff right now. <laughs> no, it's because I was, I was a Laker fan. Oh, Y'all yeah. were. Oh, dude, dude. I met James Worthy. No, you. Where? I did. I did. I won a trip from Sony. I used to sell TVs and I won a trip from Sony. I sold a TV that they pulled in their contest and I sold it. So I won a trip to Las Vegas and I got to watch the final four with James Worthy. Oh my God. Back in 2005. And so I, my dad was a huge Lakers fan back in the day. And so I asked James Worthy, I said, Hey, could you do me a huge favor? Can I call my dad? Oh, and oh shit. Would you come on? Would you talk to him? And and so I call my dad. Hey, I said, Dad, I got somebody that wants to talk to you. And I passed the phone off to him. And my old man starts talking to James Worthy. They talked on the phone. I'm not kidding you, dude, for like 10 minutes. It was so cool. Like dude. My dad, yeah, my dad goes back to work the next day and he's like, Yeah, my boy, I got to talk to got to talk to James Worthy. Had him sign a basketball for me, had him sign all this stuff for me. Come on, dude. He was he was the nicest guy, man. We got to play. They had like uh, it was at uh, Caesar's Palace, and they had uh, miniature golf set up in this club. And uh, Wolfgang Puck, that uh, his restaurant, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Wolfgang Puck, his restaurant. They catered the whole event. It was insane. And you were like with James Worthy at this. Dude, time. I was sitting on a couch watching the Final Four with James Worthy. Wow. Did you ever stop and just like wait a minute? I'm next to James Worthy right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible, man. The guy was a, he was a teammate of Michael Jordan back in North Carolina. How like the stuff I would have it would have been hard for me to concentrate because I would have been like, so what was it like playing against Jordan? What was it like playing with Michael Michael uh, with uh, Magic Johnson? What was it like playing with Kurt? I would have he would have been like, dude, can we just watch the game? Maybe you were probably a wonderful guest because you're like, you know what? I know he doesn't want to be bothered. I will hold all of my questions to be like, can you call my dad? <laughs> just, just stack them all up for that one ask. The whole can event. You call my dad. The whole event was for us. And so he was there just to basically entertain us. And he he did. He talked to us. And I showed up wearing my Illinois t-shirts because you know, Illinois was in the final four that year. Um, and uh yeah, it was that was the year they had like D Brown and all those guys. I remember D Brown did the uh cover his eyes dunk for the yeah. dunk Oh, those were the days. Like basketball's dope right now. It's cool. But man, there was something about there was something magical about late 80s, early 90s. Dude, dude oh, totally, totally, man. I remember, dude, I just uh, NBC on uh, Sundays, man. Just dun, 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 yes, dude. And it was like, oh, the Bulls against the Magic. Dude, those were the games I looked for. Those were the games. Bulls, Knicks, Bulls, Magic. You know, I'm talking like uh, Anthony Hardaway. I'm talking Keel O'Neal. When Horace Grant switched sides and went over to the Magic. Oh, my Uh, God. Nick Anderson, another Illinois player. 
Yeah, dude, Nick Anderson, Nick, the, Nick Anderson was nasty. Yeah. yeah. That was, okay, I don't know how that that's Magic team did not. The only thing that stopped him was the Houston Rockets. That's it, man. And dude, remember they, remember they they had uh, they had three uh, D Dennis Scott. That's exactly, which is I can't even re- like seeing him now doing comic color commentary. I was like, this yeah. is insane. Yeah. I remember you out there killing it. But yeah, the only reason they didn't win the championship is because the beast of the human of the Houston Rockets came in. I mean, you you couldn't beat them. You no. just could not beat them those years. You just couldn't. No, Elijah um, won. They had oh, Clyde the Glide. They had, and I mean, they had. Uh, they had what? Uh, what was those young guys that they had? They those, had Smith. Uh, they had uh, uh, Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith. They had Kenny Smith, and they had the two other guys. The one dude that looked like ET. Oh, um, uh, Sam Cassell. Uh, Sam oh, Cassell. Yeah, Sam Cassell. <laughs> he still looks so weird, dude. Sam That's Cassell. the weirdest looking guy. That motherfucker, when he shot, his finger was glowing. You know, dude. He looks so. He looked like an alien. He looked like a straight up alien. And who was the other dude that looked like Will Smith? Oh, what was Oh, his? um. He was good too, man. I can't oh, remember. That whole squad was. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, Elijah one was in his bag those years. Like he he knew he was better than everyone on the uh-huh. on those years. I'm like, do well, you yeah, remember you when they were gonna have a Hakeem Elijah one on one versus Shaq? I do oh. remember that. They I actually, I think that. McDonald's made. They were gonna like do a stadium thing, right? Yeah, McDonald's yeah. made like, cups or something for it. <laughs> and it, it just never happened though. <laughs> Fell out, oh, dude. A lot of one would have clown Shaq. Oh, totally, totally. Shaq would have been Shaq would have been Duncan and all that That's shit. It. Elijah Wan was just finesse, man. He, he, was, he was all like that. And the thing is, and the thing that Shaq had is, if you do eight pumps, you're going to jump for one of them. And why right when you jump, Shaq just gonna dump them. He'll just pump, pump, pump until you jump, and then he'll just. Dump. And he was so huge. Yeah. Oh, he dude. was a monster. I think like I think when he got his heaviest, I, they were saying, man, like he was like three forty. How insane is that? <laughs> I think it's crazy. When he came in the league from LSU, I think he was okay, dude was seven foot one. I think he was two eighty. Well, that's why he was bringing. He wasn't bringing down rims. He was bringing down the whole backboard with the rim. Oh yeah. He was bringing the whole thing. I was like, oh, this guy is just shattering glass, dude. He was. Not and he was because the last time we saw that kind of stuff was um chocolate thunder. Oh, Daryl Dawson would rip the rim off, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but no one brought down the whole freaking hoop though, like Shaq. Shaq brought down the whole freaking those were magic days, dude. Yeah, we're never gonna get that again. We are never going to get that again. No, oh, now you have me. I think I'm gonna have to watch some like dazzling dunks and basketball bloopers tonight. <laughs> be like, let me watch this again. Just and then I, Lord. dude, even even Iverson changed the game. Like, have you? Oh, seen, dude, have dude. you seen, have you seen the uh, Iverson documentary? It was on yes, that yes. was incredible, dude. The whole the I was blown away by the whole like for years I was blaming Iverson for that team saying like, that's like, he's great. He's talented, but he's the one bringing him down. Like, cause yes. he's not, going, he's not going to practice. And then they were like, they showed you how the media spun. Oh, exactly. I didn't know there was more to that. His, well, you're talking about practice. His friend died. His fucking best friend died. It's <laughs> like, he's basically saying my best friend died. And you're talking to me about practice. Exactly. I was like, I'd be saying the same thing. 
And they left that out of the whole fucking the media left that out because the media didn't want to look like shitheads because they exactly. were. Exactly. And let me tell you something. Everybody that has tattoos, cornrows, yes. all that stuff. He took the hit for yes. all you guys. Yes, he did. Yes, he, he took did. The man. hit for that. And when he like, I'm like, okay, this I didn't realize until I watched the document. I didn't know he went to prison. Oh yeah. yeah. I had no idea, dude. I didn't, and I was like, okay, this this is a special. Iverson was a game changer too. I was never a 76ers fan, but I love how they just said, hey, Iverson, go out there and you know how you used to play like outside? Do that in the NBA. And then he, okay, how mad were you when he crossed Jordan? Were you a little dude, mad? Dude, no, it's one, <laughs> it's one of those things. I can laugh about it now, but yes, I was mad when it happened. <laughs> I can laugh. I can laugh about it now, but man, you know, back then I'm wanting to say, "Oh, he, he carried the ball. He carried the ball." But, of course. Yeah, of course I'm going to say that, right? But you know, Oof, yeah. that crossover, and he was the first one to do the crossover where he does that neck thing, and everyone does it now. Uh -huh. Like yeah. I mean, and the thing is, he bit Jordan bit on one of the cross. Like, oh, that's where it happened, dude. He Jordan, he was biting. Jordan's ankles look so confused. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so good. And, but the thing is, it wouldn't have mattered if he missed. It wouldn't have mattered. And he made the shot. He made the shot. See, Jordan, it, he Jordan looked like in that moment, Jordan looked like a baby deer trying to walk for the first time. Yeah, he's like, what the crap is this that I'm watching? Now, mind you, he did the same thing. Like Jordan did that to Magic during the practices for the Olympic team, for the yeah. dream team. Magic had to be like, you know what? Jordan's neck, he's it. He's it. Oh. And now Jordan had to say, Iverson, he's next. But he just never got to Jordan. Like, you have to be a certain person to have an eye of death like Jordan did. Like, no one's going to beat me. That's yeah. not human, dude. Everybody can say what they want to about LeBron, Jordan, whatever. I'm All I'm saying at the end of the day is Jordan never lost the finals. Never lost. And it's the fact that he went to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Came back and won a championship. Well, he didn't come back immediately and win a championship. It was the was next year. year. They, they had to get Rodman. It was that was the year that Nick Anderson stole the ball out of his hands, and they the, the Magic ended up beating him in the Eastern the Conference. Magic beat them in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the Eastern Conference, they beat him in the Eastern Conference. That was when Nick Anderson stole that ball and dashed all our hopes. But that was. I Cannot believe that. But Jordan, Jordan came back and he struggled, man. He he struggled. He struggled when he came back initially. But he did have that one game against the Knicks where he dropped double nickels on him, fifty-five points, and we were like, "Oh, Jordan's dude. back! Jordan's back!" I mean, and dude, Jordan was just just he was not uh, human, dude. No, he was not. And that that's my thing. It's like when he did. I remember that one game I was watching, and it just seemed like the 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 hoop was eight freaking feet. To the point that he shot a three and then looked at the sideline and shrugged. Like, I don't know. I can't miss today. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can't miss. That's one. Dude, there, that there was, was a game. Crazy. There was a game. There was a game he was playing against the Utah Jazz and he dunked up. I think I don't I can't remember who he dunked on. Let's just say it was like Jeff Hornacek or somebody. Some yeah. somebody. And some and one of their commentators in Utah were like, Oh yeah! Oh, why, why don't you jump? Why don't you do that on, on our big man? And then I think he dunked over. I think it was like Antoine Carr. You know what I mean? Dunked over him, <laughs> and like you know, like their center dunked over him on the next play. Looked at the commentator and said, "Was that big enough?" Gee, um, come on! That's a come on! That's a competitor, man. Oh no! Okay, you are 
We're going to have to have a sports show one of these days because we could talk about this all day. Dan, I know we went we on a tangent, but we had to, my, 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 my heart. Oh, Dan. Dan. Yeah, no, no, please, you know, continue. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Dude, I knew this was, I actually wanted this to happen because I know Brian's a huge basketball fan. I've gone on the show before and I'm just like, oh, for real? To anything he says. So no, this needed to happen. So please continue. I don't care. No, we're good. We're good. Yes, good. yes, yes. Yeah, we're good. But we are going to come back to this one day. For sure. That's just, I didn't know he was a math. Like, I, I know, okay, when people say they're basketball fans, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, LeBron's awesome. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. But when he went... When he's talking Jeff Hornacek, G, <laughs> that's a deep, that's a deep cut, girl. But go ahead, Dan, handle it. Because I interrupted you when you were about to do the. Um, oh, that's what was going to happen, huh? All yeah. right, well, fuck. Let me just insert. Let me shoehorn this shit in the middle of an interesting <laughs> sports conversation. But uh, <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right, fucking guys. <laughs> Yo, oh. welcome to the sports talk, Heroes of Noise special. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Dan, and I'm at your service here with Brian and Steve. Let's do this. You want to get a hold of the show? Hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That's Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can hit us at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public. Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. I'll throw Brian in there too. Hit him at Pop Culture Leftovers. Right, Brian? Pop Culture Leftovers? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. If not, we'll figure it out later. You can leave us a voicemail. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can just go to this one place, which is heroesofnoise.com. That's www.heroesofnoise.com. Hit us up, subscribe to the show, voicemails, store, all that bullshit's there. I'm going to keep it short this week. We have a lot to talk about today. But I will say, join us at the Heroes of Noise podcast community. And if you're not familiar, we do have this Patreon that we just started that seems to be going uh, pretty damn well, actually. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I'm going to go back to Steve and Brian. Here we go. We can stop. <laughs> Let's have a 20-minute discussion about Arvita Sabonis. Let's do this, all right? There we go. <laughs> let's, 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 yeah, exactly. Let's do what that. You know what sucks, it. too? It's like, what? I don't understand what it is, man. It's like, I mean, I didn't really grow up in a sports house, per se, but, like, we enjoyed sports. We would go to games and things like that, but it was just, like, that type of information, which I'm so fucking envious of. It just, di- I didn't retain it, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things that I didn't gravitate to, but I enjoy listening to it, and it just makes me feel like that kid that's, like, sick, and he's looking out the window, and he's fogging up the window, and his friends are outside playing sports and shit. He can't go out there because he's sick. You know, I, that's how I feel. I want to, I want to know this shit, and it's so interesting to me. And I just wish that I could. It would like stick. You know what I mean? We don't. Want, is, yeah. We don't want to hear all about your shortcomings in life. <laughs> oh, then you're on the wrong fucking show, Brian. Let's, let's, <laughs> have you not been listening to the first ten minutes of every episode that we've ever done? And it's funny because I didn't get it wasn't like I got into sports. It was just yeah. I was raised in a sports family. Yeah. That were like Lakers to de- like Lakers to the death. And then uh, uh and then you kind of just like right after you know you watch the game, you go out on the play, like, I'm about to do what Jordan just did on such and such. And you go out there and be like, Magic Johnson, Jordan making all these moves and crap. It's like it was part of the existence. But I mean, I would, you know. I if I didn't get into if I wasn't born into a sports family, no way would I've gotten into this. No way would I be a sports person. And I wouldn't even say sports. I say basketball. I don't like football. Yeah. I don't watch baseball. I watch golf. But that's I'm the same way, sport. dude. I'm the same way. I don't watch 
football. I don't watch baseball. It's all basketball. It's all like I once it goes like I almost <laughs> I almost got rid of NBA TV, but like I was like no. For actually, I was gonna get rid of it because you know uh, I'm like yeah I'm paying too much for it, but it's like that's my only like Dan. I know you have like you everyone has vices that you're like I really don't need to pay for this <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like. Fine, Getting back I'll, to that like, whole sports thing, you know what I mean? That's, that's probably, uh, <laughs> probably a big part of it. I know you do like, uh, uh, you know, we have streaming services. Everyone has their thing. NBA TV is my thing. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to keep it. But yeah, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be a sports guy. No, no freaking way. Now, this does bring me around to a question for uh, the the man, the myth, the legend, Brian. Seeing as you're a sports person, there's nothing in my brain that makes me think, you know, what this guy's going to do one day. Do a pop culture podcast. Yes. Tell me about the day before you decided to do this and what brought on being like, I'm going to start a this podcast and call it this. It's weird. It's the, the, like the origin of PCL. Is that basically what you want to know about? I want to know the story leading up to it and then saying, I have this idea. Then what made you get the, the, the literal, like, I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and do this domain and actually start this. Because everyone has ideas. Yeah. Everyone has, oh, I'm going to do this. It takes a certain person. See, I'm kind of curious the fact that, see, you're very well-spoken, you know what I mean? And you you definitely have that love from film and, and pop culture in general. So I'm kind of curious, like, when this germinated and when it started, you know, like, how long were you fucking with the idea? Were you ever thinking about going into radio or anything like that? What's What's your deal? No. Um, oh, I, ooh, that, that's a new podcast idea for your Patreon. What's your deal? What's your deal? <laughs> I'm Dan Ramirez, and welcome to What's Your Deal? What's your deal? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> Got a little bit of Barbara Walters there at the end of that one. What's your deal? Yeah. And the, 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 the classic make everyone cry. Barbara Walters, Barbara Walters. Now, just... if, if, it's his, if it's his podcast, Dan's going to be the one crying at the end of it. He's going to be like, <laughs> Everybody. I told you we, I told you we knew, knew me. <laughs> Where was I when you guys started the sports? Why, why can't I? Why, these reindeer games that you guys play and I can't. Oh, I love the reindeer games reference. I've actually used that myself. That's funny. Um, Have yeah. you? That's oh. the first time I've ever heard it. Have you seen the Ben Affleck movie, Reindeer Games? Good movie. I, yeah, Good I, movie. Why did everybody hate that fucking movie? Because they don't like it. Here's the thing. People hate people. Okay, I'm good. People hate when people are too high on their high horse. They didn't like the fact that these two kids got an Oscar for this movie, and they just started hating them after that. Immediately. Skip them every time after that. I didn't like Phantoms, mind you. But I was still like, hey, I'm rooting for them. Phantoms was a bomb, yo. You like Phantoms, G? No, just kidding. He oh. was he, you were he was quoting Jay and Silent Bob straight back. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah. And then there, oh, don't get me started on that movie coming out. What the crap, G? What are you talking about? The uh the Redux? What is it called again? Yes. Oh, what dude, the dude, crap? have you seen it? Have you seen it? I have tickets to go see it in January where they're gonna be there. So no, yeah. I just I saw it. They did the special event. I didn't go. I saw the Fathom event. I went because I wanted to go see him in person, but it just kind of fell out. But anyway, I saw it, and I'm telling you, if you are a huge fan of Smodcast, if you if you if you love Smodcast, if you love USQ, if you love his movies, if you watch all that stuff, listen to the podcast. 
this is a love letter to the fans and it is fucking great. I am is not. It? Yes. And it has probably one of the funniest jokes in it that I've seen all year, heard all year. It's the moment. It's a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross joke. If you've seen that movie. Oh, come on. Always dude, be closing. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, like, there's a moment where he's bringing up Mitch and Murray and I am dying. I am literally dying in the theater. Now, I don't know if it was just because I was in a theater with a bunch of people that were also Kevin Smith fans. I mean, that could have had something to do with it. Sure. Um, you know, and but. But watching it there, because I went and saw, I went and saw um, My Name is Bruce, which was a Bruce Campbell movie. And I saw it in the theater with a bunch of Bruce Campbell fans. And then Bruce Campbell came out on stage afterwards. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I went to that and I loved the movie. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And then I rented it at home and had some friends come over to watch it. And it was terrible. (laughs) And it's yes, it's the experience, man. It's being. Yeah. Well, see, I'm always like, for me, I if there's like a, I've told Dan this before, if there's like a a documentary on like underwater basket weaving where a person's the best in the world, I can watch it. If a person's really passionate about something, I can watch a documentary about anything that someone's passionate about. So if it's Bruce Campbell just going through, like, there's here's the thing, I would love to just hear him talk about Evil Dead. But like, how did you make that movie so scary to this day? How I know that like it was a dangerous shoot. I have read that, that that shoot was super duper dangerous. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. They're like, oh, like we were getting hurt left and right on that shoot. But um, I would love to watch Bruce Campbell do like just be Bruce Campbell and talk about his life. Oh, dude. The Q&A was like uh, he is basically the same guy that he is in the movies when he's on stage. It was so funny. I love that. Oh, he's great. I love it in Burn Notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Burn Notice. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I mean, I like Bruce. I think Bruce Campbell is freaking. Um, but now, with with Kevin Smith, we were it's, we were just talking about this too. I love. I uh, you know we kind of had a was it a was it a thing? Would you call it Kevin Smith like retrospect? It wasn't even a retrospect. It was just giving him props. No, we were just talking about whether or not he's still relevant and the fact that is he. I mean, he's. I don't personally think that he's putting out the quality that he was doing back in the day. But I also think that that's kind of a generational thing, or maybe not generational. It was like a, it was like a timestamp. You know what I mean? He had a, a really good run at first with Clerks and all that. Yes. <clears throat> so it's like, is the longevity there? I, I'm liking what Brian's saying for sure because I think that he still has crazy talent. It's just sometimes no, the choices it, he makes, I and mean, he could pretty much do whatever the fuck he wants. Though he's Kevin Smith, so if he if wants to make show. yoga hosers, fuck everybody, let him make it. If you show this movie just to just rando Johnny on the fucking street, he's not going to know anything of what's going on. But if you show this to like real Kevin Smith fans and people that listen to his podcast that have watched all the other movies, like this is a love letter to them. And as far as like Kevin Smith's relevancy, I think he's just kind of evolved, you know? I mean, it was one of those things where he was hot. Hollywood was giving him all these movies. They're like, oh, here, we're going to let you do uh, this movie with Bruce Willis and uh, Tracy. Yeah, and I mean, it just didn't work out. But he's made himself relevant in other ways, like podcasting. Oh, and oh, I, dude, he's a. Game. I said, I said, no, Kevin, no point. If Kevin's not existent, I don't think Miramax has the push to start being like, hey, maybe we should start giving these other filmmakers uh, a chance to shoot. Like he did a lot of that. Be like, hey, we all should just start making our own thing. Let's do our own thing. Well, Reservoir Dogs came out in 92, correct? 
Yes, I think that's what I was. Uh, that kind of red flagged on me too. I, and then I believe Pulp that Fiction. Quentin made a debut, debut first, rather. Yeah, Pulp Fiction came out in '94 as well as Clerks. Did Clerks come out in '94? Yes. Jeez, I was older than I thought. So that kind of negates what you're saying. Yeah. Right? So I guess no Quentin. So Quentin kind of pulled the Miramax strings. I think they probably loosened up. I mean. You know, when Quentin Tarantino, I can't even talk today, guys. When Quentin Tarantino is doing, like, it's, I'm just nervous because Brian's here. No. I, um, <laughs> no. Um, you know, like when Quentin Tarantino came out, and even before, like, what was first, Brian? Was it True Romance or was it Reservoir Dogs? Uh, that was, I believe that was True. No, that was Reservoir Dogs. True yeah, Ro- okay. True Romance was 93, I think. Think. Okay, that does sound correct. Wow. So I don't think my okay, yeah, well, I didn't know that. He was doing things that just no one was doing. You know what I mean? I really think that he kind of opened up those gates because there was a whole other level of violence and this dark humor. And I think that allowed for a lot of people to sort of wet their palates. You know, I don't think that Kevin Smith does anything similar to what he's doing, but I do see the point of, you know, you kind of have to have one before the other, or at least it kind of like uh lubes things up for you. You know what I mean? Yes. Look, yes. What's Look what's happening in Hollywood right now. You got a movie called The Joker that just made a billion dollars. And now everybody's wanting to green light these R-rated comic book movies. They're that's talking true. about this Spawn movie project that was going to go away. Now now it's like that's breathed new life into that project possibly. It might actually happen. So who knows, man? It's just like different things happen in Hollywood in, in waves. And right now the big wave is possibly these R-rated comic book movies. And of course it's the Marvel stuff. That's not going anywhere for Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Now, Brian, do you think we'd have R-rated dark comic book movies without Tim Burton's Batman? Or do you think someone would have come up with it eventually? Or do you think, nope, that's where it started? Oh, man. That was was dark for its time. You look at it now and you don't look at it as dark. But, man, I remember remember going to the theater as, like, uh, I think I was 11 years old when that came out. And just, like, you know, but before that I grew up on Batman 66 and that was my Batman. And it was so colorful, and it was like, oh, this is dope. Dude, 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 once you, I remember leaving Batman 89, and just like, just like, it just blew my mind. Dude! The way the fucking bat wing went up above the clouds, and then, like, it looked like the bat symbol in the moon. I was just like. Yeah, when it went up, and then paused, and then, oh, that was so And the, the movie was so quotable, and I remember going to the store, and everywhere like you go to kmart you go to walmart you go everywhere all you saw were batman t-shirts batman vhs batman everything was batman i think that no i think that you're right that i don't think that we would have gotten any of that stuff had it not been for tim burton uh, yeah what what a shot in the dark i mean for me to be like hey here's what i'm gonna do i'll make a dark batman have jack nicholson play a creepy joker with weird face that is extended and then have Prince do the soundtrack. Oh, and I mean, the soundtrack. brought in so many star players, though. I mean, even Danny Elfman for the score. I mean, it was the perfect storm of a movie. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was, and the thing is, and I, I didn't think about it until like now thinking back on the, uh, the movie. I think the most important thing to cast is cast a really good Bruce Wayne. That's all you need to cast. But Batman, you can cover his face with whatever. But if you cast a really good Bruce Wayne, everything else falls in together. Yeah, it's like, hard. To, it's hard to beat Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, have we done it? We have not done it yet. I'm no. Sure. He is 
so he was so like when they had that long table scene and they're trying to talk over each other. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And he's like, she's like, how long have you had this or whatever? He's like, you know what? I, I don't think I've ever been in this room. That's such a clever little. He is a rich dude, but he doesn't seem like a douche billionaire. He's like, I don't deserve it. this. Is ridiculous. That's Bruce Wayne. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get uh, nuts. We were talking. I just we okay. I, when we recorded uh, PCL yesterday. We brought up Batman, and and uh, I, I can't remember. I think it w- might have been me that brought this up. Have you guys been watching the movies that made us on Netflix? I watched the first episode yesterday. Okay, well, they're talking about one of the episodes is Die Hard, okay? And so they're talking, and this is basically the toys that made us, but the movie edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the same producers and everybody involved. But they were talking about Die Hard, and, I, you know, and they were talking about how Bruce Willis back then uh, back in 88 was not viewed as like an action guy, of course. And I, I remember this. I remember watching Moonlighting. My mom. Moonlighting, yeah. My mom loved Moonlighting. So anytime Bruce show. Willis would do something funny, she'd like start laughing and we'd all come in the room and watch like Bruce Willis, you know, do something really funny. He was a just a funny, sarcastic actor on Moonlighting. And so like when they announced him in Die Hard, nobody could believe that this is the everybody was used to Schwarzenegger and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I honestly think that Bruce Willis kind of paved the way for Michael Keaton being a comedian like Gung Ho, Mr. Mom, kind of paved the way for Michael. That's true. Yeah. He's like That's a crossover true. character. That is so, someone who no one thought of as an action star. I mean, like, let's try these normal people, like normal actors that can actually act. And yeah. Put them in, and Bruce Willis was so, he was such a um, the thing that made Moonlighting so dope was the fact that he had this charisma. Was he a great actor? Probably not the best, but he was cool. He he was cool, and I remember watching Die Hard, and um, as a kid when they when they knew he was barefoot and they shattered all the glass. I as a kid I thought that was the most brilliant plan in the history of mankind. I was like, whoa. Too bad when he walks on it, he cuts his feet. I thought it was brilliant. Now watching it, I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's a good idea. But as a kid, it just blew my mind that the one would think about that. That's mm-hmm. Rickman. And I thought Alan Rickman was a great bad guy, but I would, you're right. All I thought was moonlighting, and then he's a, an action star. Totally yeah, well, painful. They away. thought that movie was going to bomb. You got to watch. I, I'm telling you, all those episodes on the movies that made us are amazing. They're like, even the Dirty Dancing one, which I, I'm not a Dirty Dancing. Neither am I, yeah. I love the soundtrack. I can listen to the soundtrack for days. But honestly, just the movie itself, I can't. But like the making of that movie and like where it came from and all the all these movies, Home Alone, like the process dude. That made. It was it was crazy, dude. It like it almost did not get made. Like these yeah, I mo- was actually surprised the amount of drama that came with making that particular movie. Home Alone? Home Alone, yeah. Really? Fucking John Hughes, man. But it was, they were used to John Hughes making movies with teenagers, not fucking children. That is so there. And you know, it's funny. I would also have wondered why use Pesci. I don't know if I'm I'm just like, what? Yeah, I loosely watched that episode, but it seems to me like he was a pain in the ass for the most part. He, they had call times. He doesn't want to show up to the call time because he wants to go golfing every single day. Seems like him and uh, Columbus kind of bust, you know, like they, they bumped heads a little bit, but I mean, that's a classic movie. So it all worked Wait, out. Chris Columbus wrote that movie? Chris Columbus directed the movie. John Hughes. What? Wrote, correct, Brian? I did not know that. If I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking that's what it is. No, you're I correct. Didn't know that. You're correct. Wow. I didn't know Columbus did that movie. 
Yeah, they have some really good footage with him and like just, you know, talking about the past and everything like that. But that was what was surprising to me is that, you know, uh, Daniel Stern wasn't their first pick. I can't remember the actor's name. I can see his face. I think he was. It was Dan Roebuck. Dan Roebuck, who was also uh, Francis, right? Wasn't he Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I th- yeah, 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 Francis. Yeah, he was. Francis yeah. yeah, they didn't have any chemistry really, and and uh, Pesci wasn't having it, so he made him stink about that. And it's really interesting, man. I think that that show itself and that particular like you know the the whatever that made us is such a great angle because it always brings back that nostalgia. That Star Wars episode of the toys that made us was fantastic. It like took me back to being a kid again. Great, yeah. Show. Yeah, Transformers episode was really good. Oh, oh uh, dude. Pee-wee, yes. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is another Tim Burton movie. That's which true. is an insane. If you rewatch it, it is insane. I'm like, why did I like, why did I like this? And why, how did they get away with Isn't it PG? Yeah, it is, it's PG. Yeah, it's PG. But there's so <laughs> much like, adult humor. <laughs> I know, out there. <laughs> Something magical was happening back then, too, because it was like a Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, you know, Fuck fest, basically. Everything that they put out had some kind of great quality to it, at least in my opinion, because of that combination. I'm, I could just sit there and watch his visuals and listen to his music, his scores. Oh, dude. I'm, the, the I'm, one of the I'm a huge people. Danny Oakman fan. Going back I'm to Oingo the, Boingo. Oh, I love yeah. Oh, well, I didn't want to listen to him then. Boingo Boingo is fantastic. Really? Oh, yeah, man. All that yeah. new wave shit. But I mean, you know, we can talk about that another time. But yeah, oh, that's that, one of my, no doubt, no that doubt, is no a huge influence of mine, Danny Elfman. Well, see, I think a lot of people, um, well, I'm one of the few people that love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I thought it was a great movie. But Danny Elfman, him and uh, Trent Reznor are like famous musicians that went into scoring. And I was like, why don't more musicians do that? I'll tell you one thing, dude. Reznor is killing it on The Watchmen. He, dude, I have not, I'm waiting for him to stack. There's a good stack right now. I think they have, what, uh, four episodes, five episodes out? I'm actually behind. And there's six episodes out. The seventh drops tonight. And then, so there's three episodes left. Dude, I heard it's amazing. I'd say the last two episodes have been the best, in my opinion. There was the episode with uh, Tim Blake Nelson where they really kind of like do a deep dive into his character of Looking Glass. And that was fucking amazing. And then the last episode was kind of like the Hooded Justice episode with... um, a lot of the the Minutemen stuff, and it was so good. And they're they're sticking really close to the graphic novels, like the element from the graphic novel. It's it's really fucking. God, it's freaking. Didn't Bryce Dallas Howard like direct this last one? No, she directed the uh, Mandalorian. She directed the oh, sort of the man. I just yeah, saw man. her such and such directed. I'm like Bryce Dallas Howard directed what that show on TV? I'm like, what is happening? I didn't even know she was a director. But now I got to think about it. I'm like, well, of course. I just think of her as her own person until no, I'm like, you're, oh, wait. You're absolutely right. Like, I, I, I did not know. I knew she was directing, but I didn't know, like, what, what's her directorial style going to look like? I haven't seen yes. anything. And I think she did a fantastic job in that fourth episode. She, like, I I'm, have yet to watch. I'm letting those stack, too, because I loved, I, I said, I just fell in love with, uh, the Mandalorian. I was just like, I can't deal with this week to week stuff. I can't do it. I need, I'm just, I've been too spoiled. You know what I'm liking about the Mandalorian is that, you know, now they're changing over directors and it's like a completely different feel, but it still feels the same. If that makes any sense. Like I, I thought that this one, I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I thought that it was probably going to be the, the weakest episode out of the four so far. And I may not have changed on that so much, but 
it still feels really like natural. It's just like, a, I don't know, Brian, maybe you disagree, but it just feels like a completely different vibe. You know, well, the, going episode three to four. I mean, yes. obviously you have a different director. You have a different cast of characters now. And to me, it kind of had that, um, I don't know if I'd call it a sheen per se, but it's like that. It kind of looked like like an episode of Farscape or, or older Doctor Who or something, just the way it was shot versus the desert scenes. Yeah, I honestly, I, 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 um, the third episode is my favorite, and that was directed by Deborah Chow, and she's going to be the showrunner for the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Oh, and, nice. and if you look at like the ratings on IMDb, the third episode is at the highest rating, I believe. Um, and I think Deborah Chow fucking killed it. But that fourth episode, it just reminded me of like, I don't know, just like a. F- it reminded me of the movie The Magnificent Seven because you've got um, this village that needs help and they bring in you know some bounty hunters to help them rid them of this uh of this outside force this evil and that's the magnificent seven was like this village that that uh brought in you know they paid these uh men to fight for them and rid them of like you know the villains in their town and it just it, it this one for me the first three episodes they had a western feel but i was like really leaning towards like samurai lone wolf and cub but this fourth one was felt like to me like the magnificent seven it's like johnny fabs is just taking like his favorite stuff from like pulling from this western from that samurai film and just like throwing him into the mandalorian and it's working totally i'm kind of curious excuse me i'm kind of curious what you think as far as star wars product in general i mean we can go you know clone wars whatever how do you think this one stacks up and what, everything that we've gotten so far? Oh. Trilogies, everything. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I, I, a lot of people are saying, like, this is the best Star Wars stuff that we've had since, you know, the original trilogy. And I'm not I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I personally I, I, I really do love that first J.J. Abrams, The Force Awakens. And I love the last the the uh the last jedi yeah me too um i love those movies so i'm not ready to put the mandalorian above those yet but i think it's uh i think it's a if if anything it's a close second right now because um you know i do i did watch the clone wars i did watch rebels um uh so but uh i star wars is such a weird thing because like i always i'm a star wars fan i i do i want I always want more Star Wars content, but if they're going to give me stuff like Solo, which I thought was okay, but not great, then maybe it is time to pump the brakes a little bit on some of the Star Wars content. Yeah, I was starting to feel a little bit stagnant. Like I, You know, like Star Wars for me is always an event. And lately, over the past, I'd say four years or so, it's just coming at such a rapid pace, at least in comparison to how it used to be, that it's I don't know. It's kind of hard to get that same excitement again. It probably doesn't help that I'm now 47 years old and I'm not some kid waiting for these movies to come out. You know what I mean? But still, the love is there. But I can tell you that this one has definitely sort of... Okay, I'm with you, first of all. I love the trilogy so far. I can't wait to see what's going to happen on uh, you know, episode nine. I think that uh, Ryan Johnson... I don't really think... I'm not one of those Ryan Johnson haters, first of all. So I think that I'm really curious to see what he passed on to J.J. Abrams and how they're going to put that all together again. And truth be told, uh, some guy kicked me some uh, information that I chose to read after all. So I'm sort of I'm intrigued now about what's what what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think that 
This is a great submission, man. I think it goes over. I, 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 I'm a kind of a hater when it comes to the trilogies, the uh, the prequels. I didn't really care for those very much. And I wasn't the biggest solo fan either. I think this definitely goes above that just as far as like the quality and like the character building, even though you're getting these little half hour snippets, it's somehow it's like it's working and it's it's kind of won me over, man. But I think I'm with you. I don't think I'm quite ready to say like this is, you know, number three in, in the Star Wars universe or whatever. It's just something that it's I'm finding myself very intrigued with and I'm watching it like at midnight when it drops every week. I think I think some people are and I use this on my show. I talk about shiny new toy syndrome and they yes. get shiny new toy and it's like the new thing i love it oh my god and it's like <laughs> you know i get it man you know i get it you know your daddy's waving the keys in front of your face and it's fucking awesome yeah, but i'm kind of guilty of that i'll do that shit sometimes i've i've given higher ratings for movies just because i'm excited or you know getting back to the experience like you were saying like terminator for instance was one of those yeah. things where i'm in there tim miller's in there they're telling us hey you're going to be one of the first people to watch this so that excitement's there. So I think I came out of that movie. And of course, I talked to you right afterwards. You know, you my know. biggest my biggest problem with that fucking Terminator Dark Fate. Can I say oh, it's a spoiler? Should I should I should I not? Hey, we're going to do spoilers right now. So if you don't like this, just skip ahead. Go for it. It's when uh, the fucking girl at the they show her at the end of the movie, that big reveal and um, about her origin story and how she became like this great fucking resistance leader. And these people are beating the shit out of her. And she's just like, stop. Instead of beating the shit out of me, why don't we work together? And I was just like, oh, wow. What yeah. a what a speech. Thank you. They're like, OK. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's there are several scenes in that movie that definitely feel shoehorned in for the sake of. I don't know. I mean, I'm not one to be like, oh, that's just for PC reasons or whatever. But there was there was a little bit of that. But I do agree with you that I think that it just sort of fell flat or short, I should say. And um, I don't think that it helped that fucking Tim Miller and James Cameron and they were at they were at odds the entire production. And then and then the same goes for Linda Hamilton. Yeah. I'm with Tim Miller. It sounds like Tim Miller is like, I don't know. if Is it Tim Miller? Is he just a hard guy to work with? Is that why he didn't get to do Deadpool 2? Is that why he's gone? Is he, is he just hard to work with? Yeah. Is he just an abrasive director? It could be. It's a good question. Oh, you know, some directors, I know if I'm a director, I mean, I'm sure Quentin's the same. Everybody's the same. Once you have an idea in your head, it's hard to be like, like when you've crafted an idea and someone's like, uh, I think we should change it. A lot of these directors are like, no, I want to do it this way. And if I can't do it this way, I don't want to do it at all. Maybe that's him, which isn't a bad thing. Well, he needs to do his own fucking story then because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are you, you? Of course, you're going to get fucking pushback from James yeah, Cameron, the guy that came up with Terminator. If he doesn't like what you're fucking doing, because he's the one who fucking created the thing. And it's Deadpool. Of course, you're going to get pushback from Marvel on some stuff or whatever. I mean, whatever it is. Do your own fucking movie then. And that's like, so true. That's what Ryan Johnson's done. It's like everybody gives Ryan Johnson shit about The Last Jedi. Oh, I hate that fucking movie. You ruined my childhood. man. And it's like, here's the thing, though. It's like, have you ever watched Brick? Have you ever watched Looper? Have you ever watched The Brothers Bloom? Did you watch Knives Out? Those are great fucking movies. You just, you just, you you live in this little fucking Star Wars box, and that's, that's all. You, true. It's like watch their shit. That's you know? so true. And, and the only one I didn't like of those was Brick. I don't think I got it. That's all because I was really excited for it. Brick and is at a, the end of the movie. I was like, yeah. did I not get that? 
Brick was a, it's like a, it's a detective noir story set within a high school, which is like <laughs> weird. I was like, what? It's a strange movie, dog. It is a like strange Veronica movie. Mars or what? No, it's, you should watch it, Jay. It's on the list. I don't know. I, I haven't heard thrilling things about it. I have, there's been no one that's told me. You know, watch it for X, Y, and Z, and this is how you're going to get it. So it's there. It's on the list, but I I, I don't know. Watch it what for Joseph that? Gordon. Watch it for him. He does his thing in this movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt cameos in every Ryan Johnson movie. Oh, he's like, uh, I'm so bad with names, but he's like that dude with J.J. Uh, Abrams. Uh, Greg, Gunber- Greg Grunberg. That's the guy, yeah. Now, now, do either one of you guys, because I saw his name in the credits, not to push forward. Who was he in Knives Out? He was, um, do you remember when the girl is watching the YouTube video and like, yeah. he's the voice of the guy talking in that YouTube video. Oh, I was like, I saw his name in the crowd. I was like, what? Sheriff something. I was like, who is he? I don't remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie. <laughs> he hasn't done anything recently. I, I feel like Joseph Gordon. He really, I think the last thing I remember him in other than Batman or no, it was a. Jesus, has it been that long? I remember him in like what was it the the Anthony Mackie Christmas movie, uh, "Twas the Night" or whatever. That's like the last. Oh, oh that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's and and the I like him in everything he's in. I even liked him in the yeah. um, the uh, bike movie, the bike messenger movie. I was like, that's fun. Oh, I, I like him the, the uh, what was it? He was the uh, high wire guy. The it was the um, uh, oh um the the goddamn. The, the freaking, where he was the guy that went from one yes. building to, what the crap was the name of that movie? <laughs> it's just oh. the easiest word ever, and I can't get it right now. It was so good, though. It, I, I watched it in IMAX, I believe. Oh, I think, yeah, well, that's going to be fantastic. And it was just, oh, God, it was so good. That's going to be, I, I never, I haven't even watched the documentary, because I looked to see if the guy was still, see, that's what I should have done. Like, I knew the guy was alive, and I was like, well, not, well he didn't die that day. I was like, well, then. The Walk. That's what it was. The yeah, walk. there you go. Like it was just like free solo. I know, but that was still a good movie. So that's what makes me want to go back and look at the documentary. Watch the documentary. It's it's just the the fact that th- these regular people can do these superhuman things. Super. Like, that free solo is not human. Did it's you see that Disney edited it? They edited it for their service like i think they took out some of the curse words and stuff like that are you freaking kidding me no they did ridiculous yeah <laughs> but it's a kid's you know what it's a kid's platform i mean Maybe yeah we bought yeah. into it you're absolutely right but then why aren't they putting this on what well, was on hulu if i'm not mistaken yeah it's on hulu. On hulu. it might still be on hulu it might still be there yeah they probably want kids to want yeah that's real smart let kids want to free solo now now it's like <laughs> You look out in your backyard and you got your fucking kid climbing up the tree, you know? See, that movie, like, even though I knew the end, when they showed how high he was, I'm like, this is just insane. It's yeah. not, I mean, that was, that's why I want, I want to go back and watch the actual documentary of the guy walking the, the um, tightrope, because I'm like, that's an insane move. There's just a certain type of cat that can't really get any type of <laughs> gratitude unless they're doing this extreme shit where they're That's constantly putting their life at risk, man. That is totally just like um, would you? I would say like Evil Knievel was that to a lesser extent. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, hey, look at it this way: 
Yeah, he wasn't scaling mountains or anything like that. But those jumps were fucking crazy. And he fucked himself up several times. Uh, I I think I would have done that before scaling El Capitan. Yeah, but Impact's a bitch. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like Steve's one tough customer. Right? <laughs> Here comes Hudson. He's one tough customer. I know everybody's going crazy. They zoom in on one person in the crowd where you're just sitting there looking straight. Like it's, 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 I think everything. It's like a everything's an adrenaline rush. It's got to be an adrenaline. Like you watched uh, Dan. You watched Ford v Ferrari. Yes. And it's like, can you imagine going 200 miles an hour? At night in Lamar, and then fucking when it's raining, in the rain, yes. Can you just can like can you fathom that? And they're all they're doing is driving, but it's like that is just insane to me that there are people that will do this while they're sleep deprived. That is crazy. That is that is I think that's why they did that thing in Vegas where you could rent a supercar and go. You know, you can pay like four hundred dollars and rent a Lamborghini on that track. I'm like, people are searching for that adrenaline rush. Well, it's crazy because people can go to a bar and take out like twelve beers and do the same thing. You know what I mean? They do that because they're That's they're true. drunk as shit. And there's these people that just it's a con. I mean, what is it? Is it adrenaline junkie? Is that what it is? You're constantly looking for that adrenaline kick. Totally. I think because most of us are normal humans. Like a friend of mine was in Germany, and I was like, "Have you ever done the autobahn?" And he's like, actually, people just drive like 80 or 90 because it takes a certain person to do like 120. Yeah, there is no technically there's no speed limit, but no one goes 170 miles an hour because we're sane. Yeah. Giving you permission to do so. Thank you. It doesn't give you that balls out reaction right away. You know, (laughs) there it is. That's it. You just won't. You're like, no, 100 is good enough. You know, even though you're like, you could go 170. But we're normal humans that don't need that, that, you know, adrenaline rush. Whereas someone that needs that, they're going to go 170 and work and like look around and be like, if I hit anything, if I hit a rock the wrong way, it's over for me. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. For some people, I think it's like, for us, I think it releases that fear inside of us. But for some people, it releases the endorphins that make them happy. That's true. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, you're a different kind of person. Like the same thing. Uh, you release endorphins when you when you gamble. Like that's what like people that are addicted to gambling and and you know scratch offs and shit. Like they, I admit, yeah, that's true. You know, you're right. You're right. And I imagine isn't that the same thing that probably like stand up comedians probably get, whether they get booed or not. They're yeah, up that there thrill of being in front of all those people. Yeah. Sure. And be like, I could totally crash and burn or make people laugh. I mean, one That's- could say podcasting part of that too. Seriously, like, and Brian, I've told you this before and you've actually made fun of me for it, but I'm just a nervous person right before I hit the microphone. As soon as I hit play, I'm pretty good for the most part, but mm-hmm. I'm just constantly nervous. And it's something that I, I can almost feel that kick in sometimes, you know, when I'm really anticipating something or if I'm nervous right before a show and then it kicks in and I start getting comfortable and I find my groove, there is some form of like calming that comes over me. You know what I mean? And it gets me even more excited. So maybe that's even endorphin influenced a little bit, but yeah, I think that people just, everyone's got their kick. It's just that some people are just fucking crazy and they just need that extra, extra push, I guess that threat of death to really 
like get off on it. I don't know. It's crazy. I'm not one of those people, obviously. I don't. Let's talk about David Carradine and his pastimes. Oh, yeah. Michael Hutchins. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not know Michael Hutchins, too. Yeah. You know what they did there, right? uh, Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. good shit. Yeah. Don't knock it. it? Try it. Just do it right. (laughs) I have not tried it. Nah, nah, I don't have yeah. any neckties lying around. Help me out. My, uh, my luck, I was shown up trip accidentally. And no thank you. Brian, the uh, autoerotic asphyxiation, is that anything that you enjoy in your pastime? Dude, one, there was one time, and it, I think it was like the second time that I was with, I just started seeing this girl years ago in my early 20s. And I think it was like the second or third time that we were in the bedroom. She just starts choking me. Whoa. <laughs> Out of nowhere. And um, I don't know. It was it was one of those things where I was like, let's just roll with it. Let's see what happens here. There you go. Let's do that. <laughs> I got I'm that. on this horse. I might as well ride it. We talked about endorphins and gambling, and I was rolling the dice on this one. So let's do this. And <laughs> oh, so, yeah. yeah, you're better than me. Yeah. So, no, it was a game of chicken. She backed off eventually. So, yeah, <laughs> I let her choke. You didn't pass out? No, I didn't pass out. No, I, I, you know, it was, it, it, it's not like it lasted that long as far as like her choking me. I, the sex, I don't know how long that lasted, people. So I, let's not go there. That wasn't a joke. But <laughs> yeah, you know what, Dan? Considering who I am, I could totally be choked. I'd be safe. You'd be good. Yeah, within what, a, a good quarter? <laughs> yeah, about 15 <laughs> seconds, I'm finished. So I'd be like, hey, do whatever you need. Have fun. I'll be done in T minus. No right. problem. If I may, Brian, was she uh, wanting to be choked as well? No, that never came up. That never came up. Bit one-sided. A little selfish on her part. Uh, would you? Okay, wait a minute, folks. Would you, like, if they said choke me, that's a really dangerous game you're playing. Because you're going to be like, no, I killed her, but we were both into it. Are they going to buy that? Or they're going to be like, no, what you did was took, I mean, dude, it could go, it could just go left way too quick. Uh, they could also be like, well, shit, he still does have his penis inside of her. I, I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> kind of buying his story here. He must be telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, look. They're like, oh, I'm convinced. Yeah, he didn't kill her. I'd be way too nervous. I'd, I'd be like, I'm going to get sent away for the rest of my life because of this stupid idea I had. No. I won't even, I remember a girl being like, talk dirty. I, I couldn't do it. I know. It's like uh, their biggest concern is safe sex with a condom. Like, come on, let's stop choking each other and shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for real. That is no joke. That is, Dan, why do you always steer us into sex, Dan? How do you, how do you, up to your, you know, how does how does anybody bring that up to their child? Everybody's like, uh, safe sex and all that stuff. But like, do, do you sit down with your with your fourteen year old daughter and start? Well, what if what if Billy wants to chuck you out? You know, you like, you kind of have to. It's yeah, it's oh man, you kind of like, oh. have to be like, look, <laughs> like that's this is these are the times where I feel that those hippie parents had it right, where they're like walking around naked and being like. Come on, talk to us about whatever. You like being choked? They, hey, like that conversation is going to be easy for you. Whereas like Dan and I, we're going to be like, uh, yeah. So um, I'm the one with the teenage daughter and I'm trying to put myself in that situation because I'm one of those people that is like, hey, listen, 
If you want to, if you have a problem, anything that's going on in your life, feel free to tell me. I may not be down Oof. with what you're saying, yeah. but I would rather know and be able to give my input. You know, I honestly don't know. I was sitting there thinking about that. Like, what do you say? Like, you know, if, if, if this would never happen, of course, but if, if, if they were to be like, yeah, so that's my thing. I'm really into Ooh, it. Yeah, you yeah. didn't tell me to tell you these things. I don't know what I would say about that. man. <laughs> you know, do you, do you say good on you? Do you say be careful? Do you say don't do that? I, I don't know, man. I have to cross. I that mean, bridge. I know if hopefully I don't have to fucking cross that bridge. You go out and awkward. go shopping for scarves, you know, like, yeah. let's. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Like, if I was in your situation, Brian, I think the first thing that I would think would be, okay, well, what happens afterwards? Is she going to have my fucking fingerprints all over her throat for the rest of the time? You know what I mean? Some people bruise like that. So, I'm too cautious. I just get in my head too much about that kind of shit. Because, you know, it happens every day, of course. Because we've seen, we're old enough to have seen enough movies in, uh, 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 what is that, Um, the first 48 to know, oh, no, 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 no. You're not walking around here with my freaking hands around your neck bruises. No, not a chance. Most young people think nothing can happen. What's the worst that can happen? Okay, keep playing. These youngsters these days, everyone's in the eating ass and it's just a whole other ball. Oh, gee, now you're going way down. I, th- I think those are in two different categories. Choking and eating ass? Yeah, I definitely yes! think so. One's upstairs, one's downstairs. But you think they're in the same house? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, you know, uh, teens are a little more liberated these days is all I'm getting at. I know, but I'm saying, do you think they're in the same circle, though? No, <laughs> circle. I like that you, that's your choice you like of that? words. Yeah, tight circle. Uh, yeah. No, definitely not, because one of them is more of a, uh, what would you call that? Like a thrill? I guess the other one's kind of a thrill, too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, know, it, it, maybe your thing, maybe it's not, but it's probably thrilling. I'm just saying, you know, I would, I would have to say in the way that you're asking me, no, it's not the same thing. Because okay. one of them is a little borderline violent, I guess you could say. The other one's just, hey, this is what I'm into. Yeah, I think they're, for me, I think they're both, I don't know, they might be in the same, same, what, same I mean, No, uh, the only way they can be in the same category is if you're literally, like, cannibalizing this girl's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, the literal definition of eating ass. <laughs> I think they're in, in order that for them to be in the same camp, there has to be some el- like element of danger. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. One, they're both thrilling, but one of them has violence. The only element of danger is that she might fart in your face. I mean, or E. coli. That's true. That is true. Sure. <laughs> that, that is dangerous. Oh, but you're See, right. That one is dangerous. The other one isn't. It's just no, weird. No, I think they're both dangerous. Weird. Now, now, now you've got me thinking about it. I think they're both kind of dangerous. It's very possible. It's a little, you can get really sick. What's the what? worst thing you can say as you're eating someone's ass? Um, I would vote for, what the fuck did you eat? Oh, so, or you could be like, oh, so you ran today. <laughs> Someone went dancing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> As this is a true story, by the way. That line was actually used. I used to live with these two guys, and we had a townhouse, so all of the bedrooms were upstairs. And there was this one, I won't say her name, but there was this one person I still know to this day that uh, would show up waiting for my roommate to come home. He was my best friend at the time. And he just would, I don't know, he just ran things. You know what I mean? In that situation, he had it to where he wanted it, where she would show up anytime he needed her to. 
anyway, she showed up really early. It wasn't off yet. And I'm like, well, he's not here. You know, you can sit down if you want to, whatever. She didn't. She, she chose to go wait upstairs. So hours pass. I've already forgotten about this. I'm getting ready to go to bed and I hear my buddy come home and then not much later, you know, the walls are thin. So you're hearing things happening. But I did. That was actually a line. I heard her moaning and then I heard it stop. And he just goes, have you been dancing tonight? <laughs> I fucking oh. lost it in my room. I'm sure they heard me oh. it was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh. See, you wonder why I choose not to do such things, Dan. You hey, wonder. It's a gamble, right? We've established that. You know what, Doc? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to even go there. Come you on. know what? Because No, I'm not going to do it. I, 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 I would love, say... I love when you get nervous talking about sex. I would say that both sides are equally as dangerous as each other. You mean... Yeah. Oral to uh-huh. anal transferring. Yep, and, both. Oh, wow. Both now we're getting science. No, you're, you, you have a point. We, we went from talking about the origin of PCL. <laughs> well, fuck, I've been trying to get back there, and somehow we end up coming. I'm sorry. How do you, I was thinking that. Like, how do I transition from ass eating to – so, Brian, back to your origin. Uh, well, this I'm, ties I'm, in perfectly with the origin of PCL. So one night I'm eating ass, right, getting choked. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, but I do want to know – okay, let's turn this back because I do want to know – like I said, if I do remember, Dan, everyone has ideas, Brian, as I just had about the danger of both front and back. But not many people can actually initiate that idea. And for you, if I knew you back then, I would say, oh, he's starting a radio show about sports, not a podcast mm-hmm. about pop culture. Why exactly? And Because you excelled in it. What happened? I listen. I, I used to listen to Bulls podcasts, and I was like, "These guys got it down. They they can they can they're doing a great job." And I didn't know anybody else that wanted to talk sports with me. And there's not many guys that do Bulls podcasts that uh, that do a solo show. Doug Tonus used to do it, but uh, you know, uh, but most of them were just like you know Bulls fans that were getting together and talking about it. So I started listening to like entertainment podcasts, and I was like, I really. I just, I really like this. I, you know, I'm really getting into this stuff. This is, this is really cool. Um, and I, I was listening just to a few podcasts and I was like, man, I, this would be fun to get into. Maybe just do a podcast. And then, but I didn't know who to do it with. So I asked my friend, my childhood friend, uh, Jay, if he wanted to do it. He's like, yeah, I'm in. And then I'm, then I'm looking for somebody else. And then just happened to know uh, this guy who was friends with Jake, who Jake is my co-host on Pop Culture Leftovers. He happened to know Jake. And so me and Jake started talking to each other about different things in pop culture mm-hmm. on his Facebook page, like in his posts and stuff. And then we became friends on Facebook. And then we we had some battles back and forth and disagreements and stuff. And I was just like thinking to myself, this might be a good dynamic for a podcast. And so me and Jake, we got Jake in on this podcast. And then we just started to i we planned it for six months and i had we hadn't recorded anything so we just were planning it and i don't think that it really came together until the theme song came in like when we were sent the theme song from the band and i listened to it for the first time i was like this is real yeah such a good song 
And I was like, let's get rolling on this. So there was a lot of planning, a lot of research. It's not, it's nothing that, you know, I just, we just rushed into. We took, took a good six months. We started talking about it. And I think of like October, 2012, and we didn't put out our first episode, I think until April of, uh, so, wow. and we recorded our first episode and I hated it so much that it never even got uploaded. So we got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we call it the zero episode and it's been lost since I don't have it anymore. So nobody will ever get to hear it, but yeah. this is a big undertaking because not only did you do a podcast, but you do a podcast that can go upwards of multiple hours. And so mm-hmm. that means everyone has to be scheduled to be like, you need this block of time free. Mm-hmm. Has that ever come into us? Because uh, there's a follow up question. A, has there ever come a situation where it's just like, how are we going to even record this weekend? What did you do? And two, what was the first benchmark that you hit where you're just like, we're a thing now. Uh, culture leftovers is a thing. Now. We've been, we've been lucky. I I'm telling you, we've been lucky. We started, I think we started early enough to where, um, we could, there weren't as many podcasts as there are now. So we got lucky that we got a lot of listens very quickly. I think the first episode that we put out, um, in the first couple weeks, it had like over 3000 downloads, which, wow. which, which I don't, I don't know what it was. I, I can't, but that, but that was a lot. That's for, a lot, dude, for a first app. For a first episode. And it, and so, you know, and you, you don't see that anymore unless you're like a celebrity or something like that. And so it's, it was, it was a good time to, to do it as far as, and another milestone was when we hit the new and noteworthy on iTunes. That really helped us. That's, that's really what kind of got us noticed at first as we were uh, on the new and noteworthy page um, when we first started. That's awesome, dude. That and is I, really awesome. A lot of it had to do with basically kind of like a lot of the research that I did. Um, uh, and uh, I, a lot of the prep that we put into putting the podcast out and it's, I'm not saying like we were not polished at all at the beginning and we're still not polished. I mean, it's, it's just, you just, you, I think you just, it's like anything that you do, whether it's like, um, working out at the gym or, you know, any skill that you try to pick up, if it's painting or whatever, you just get better at it over time. It just, yes, it's like, uh, you know, you gotta just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, yeah. keep better at it. Um, but there's been, I mean, you know, we've, we've hit some milestones here and there. It's been nice to be part of this rotten tomatoes thing. I think that that's fantastic. I yeah, really love Congratulations that. on that. That's huge, dude. Um, you know, I, you know, we've won a couple, I've been runner up on podcast awards. We've won a podcaster award. I mean, but these are, I mean, it's, these are not like the, our iHeart radio awards. These are nothing huge, but they're still big. That's a big deal, dude. People went out of their day to, to vote for you. That's amazing, bro. There's been weeks where it's been hard to put out an episode. Trust me. It, it like we've had, but Jake has been kind of a rock. Like Jake, I can always count on Jake. And if, and it's gotten easy over the past few years, cause we've made, we've, been able to reach out and meet more people and, and, and so we can have people on the show now, but back in the day, trying to get a schedule and get everybody together, it was, it was difficult sometimes. So you just got to keep, uh, you got to keep at it, I guess. And just try to me and Jake, we record on Saturdays and, um, that's, that's what we do is we just block off Saturdays for PCL. So 
you know? Dude, that is amazing. I like, do you ever wake up sometimes and be like, I am the host of a very, very large podcast. I'm living the dream. Or do you just, you get used to it already? You got used to it. No, I don't even, I don't even think like that, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I'm, it's, it's not, I don't even think that we're that big to be quite honest with you. I just think that we have wonderful people that listen every week and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have what we do have. The leftover army is phenomenal. The following that you guys have is like a family, you know, and, and quite honestly, you're sort of a benchmark personally for me, for our show as as far as like establishing a community like that. Like I'm, I really want to put in the effort with this community because I, I want people like that. I don't want just a bunch of fucking people to show up and not have, you know, similar. It's cool if you have different tastes and different interests and things like that, but the way that it works out on your, on the leftover army. And I realize that you don't have anything to do with that. That's like a separate thing, but your fan base is so loyal and so cool and friendly that it all just works out to where it's, it's one of the best places on the internet, man. I mean, honestly, I mean that sincerely when I jumped on there, you know, I just come onto the show for the first time and I was just blown away with all the camaraderie. I mean, you guys are doing things for Christmas. You guys are doing these C2E2 meetups, which I'm happy to say we're going to be a proud, you know, a part of next year. But it's it's just this phenomenal thing that you have built. And I think I know you're a modest guy. We've had conversations off mic before about this kind of stuff. But I just, you know, it's it's pretty fucking awesome, Brian, that you're able to do this. And Jake as well, that you guys are able to do this show weekly, you know, dedicated. You put them out no matter what. You give us plenty of warning when you're not going to put them out. You guys got your shit together. And I think that you should give yourself that credit because personally, just watching you guys over the last year or so, you know, really paying attention to the show it seems like things are really happening. You know, uh, I don't know if one has to do with the other, but for instance, you know, you, re- if you don't mind me talking about it, you recently being in that movie and then of yeah. course, rotten tomatoes. I mean, things are happening for you, dude. And I just think that's fucking awesome. It goes to show your success is, is definitely earned. Well, it's, 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 you know, I, I, I feel like putting, putting the podcast out every week and, and, and people, I want people to feel like they, they have something to listen to on Mondays. They and and some of the uh, like I it, these listeners like the real fans like real fans that are just there for us like they there are we get emails where people are like I've been depressed I've had a horrible year I went through a divorce I almost commit suicide and and they've listened to my story about my suicide attempt they've listened to you know they, and then they just listen to us laugh and have a good time and then they send us they 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 basically tell me and Jake like this is what we look forward to. This is what I, we look forward to it. And so it's like, I feel not only like, do I have, um, you know, do I love doing this? But I also feel like I have an obligation to these people for us to be there for them every Monday. You know, I know, I know there's, I, we've got, I've, there's a, a friend of mine that, that, um, I say friend of mine, I met him through the podcast, but like he has insomnia and, and can't sleep. He's going through, you know, surgeries and aches and pains. And like, there's times he's telling me stories about, yeah, I'm listening to your podcast at two in the morning and waking my wife up. And she's like, what's so funny, you know? Um, and, and it's just, this stuff kind of just makes me, that's what, that's what, that's what's crazy about all this is the fact that for all the good that I hear, I'm the one that knocks myself down and thinks like that, you know, that, that I'm not good enough. The show's not good enough. And so I, I'm constantly trying to push myself and, and it's also like the, you know, you get those people that don't like the show that, yeah. that, that are vocal and say that they hate it. They hate me. 
Um, I've gotten threats and emails saying, if I ever saw you, I'd punch you in the face. And, you know, I've gotten all that kind of stuff. And that stuff, it's like, it does mess with you. It does mess with you. But on the flip side, I've got to just like push that out of my brain and be like, yeah, that there are these people that really listen and they do love what we're doing every week. And you guys are in that same boat. It's just, you guys just, you have your listener base and they, they want to hear you and they are there for you. And so it's, it's, it's pretty much, it stopped being about me and it started becoming more about wanting to give people what they want and, um, being there for them because it feels really good to get that email saying like you made an impact on somebody's life and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. And I don't even read all the emails on the show. Some people don't want me to read their emails and I won't, but it's just nice to know there's been weeks where it's like, I've been beat up in the iTunes reviews or I've been beat up in emails. And then I'll get one email from somebody saying, I love it. You know, I'm, you know, like I'm a single mother and blah, 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 whatever. It's just like, it's great to hear those things. We all need to hear those things. It's so do you ever still, even though ever, after everything that you just said, do you uh-huh. ever get that feeling of, God, I just, I can't do it today and I have uh-huh. to make myself do it? Or, or I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Do you still have those kind of doubts? It seems to me like you might, considering that you say you don't necessarily agree with what other people are saying about you, but coming from a, you know, like personally, I have these thoughts and I know that we're nowhere near 300 plus episodes, but I'm just curious. Do you ever have those feelings like, ah, man, am, am I doing this? Am I a fucking imposter? Like, like. You know what I mean? Like, is, is this, is this right for me? Should I just fucking quit and just walk away? I do have those thoughts. Like there's every time, every once in a while, I'll think to myself, like some days I just don't feel like recording. I'm just like, Oh God, I just don't have it in me. I don't, I don't feel like I have that energy, but it's weird. Cause it's like, there's something about hitting that record button, man. It doesn't matter. It's Word. It's yeah. weird. There's something about hitting that record button. I can be in a shit fuck mood. And then all of a sudden, and so it, I'll hit that record button, and sometimes it just it just takes me out of it. Like I just I get lost in conversation with my friends, and then next thing you know, we're we're good to go. But there are times when it's like, yeah, I want to quit. I don't like. Why am I doing this? Why am I listening to this abuse and all this shit? Sometimes, and it's, sometimes it's just like, man, I just want to, you know, fucking. It's Saturday. I just want to fucking, you know, do I, I do something, anything else but this. But when I when I sit back and I think about it, it's like I these people, there's a lot of people that just want to listen to us on Mondays. Like that's their Monday. That's their Monday. And I you know, I see it on Twitter like oh, it's it's Monday. It's PCL day. Thank you. You know, blah blah. And it's like that's that's and so that's a good, that's a good feeling. It's like um uh, doing something for somebody else, I suppose. I, you know, and I, and I have fun recording most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, for what it's worth, and I know you hate the compliments and shit, but seriously, you guys are killing it and we'll leave it at that. We're going to let you off the hook and not make you squirm anymore, but you're doing a great fucking job. You and Jake both. I mean, I'll include Rebecca in that too, because she's on the show so much. And I think that she's, I don't want to say equally a part unless you're okay with me saying that, but I think that she contributes so much to that show. She's, she's just a part of, she's a part of the family. You know what I mean? And there are just these certain people, man, that I love listening to every week. You guys, and you know, saying, basically agreeing with what you're saying, you guys make my week when I can push play on Monday and I have a new episode. So you're doing something right, man. And just, you know, keep it up. Please don't quit. Thank you. For real. And, and, the, and I know that like, 
even though I know, you know, you got a multitude of listeners. For me, the thing that struck me is just how dope of a cat you were doing stuff behind the scenes that for other people that people don't even know, like that you do not have to do. You know, you lift everybody else up and that's a huge deal. You know, you could have a million listeners, but if you're a douche, you're a douche. That's period. That's what it is. Yeah, that's the shit that I was trying to, sorry, Steve, but I was trying to not go too specific, exactly what you're saying, but I was trying not to go too specific because I don't want to open up the fucking floodgates. But there are a million times, you know, that I could say thank you to Brian for even contributing to this show, giving me some kind of an insight you know, it's it's a, it's cool to have that because I think that a lot of podcasters don't have that. You know, if you I mean, Brian was just a voice I was listening to one day and then somehow I don't even remember how exactly we we kind of touched up. But those things just sort of worked itself out. And I think that it's cool to have someone with more experience that can kind of go, yeah, you know, I've been there. I know what you're you know, I can see what you're trying to do here. And and Brian, quite honestly, I don't know if you mind me saying this, but like there have been times where you've even hit me up on Twitter and be like, I can hear you in your head. Like, you know, like like. Mm-hmm you know, you don't have to do all that shit. Don't think so much. And I really appreciate that because I know it's kind of weird now because I'm, I don't want to say I'm in the same situation, but there have been times over the last year where new podcasters are reaching out for me to kind of steer them in the right direction. And and I don't know if I'm really the person to be doing that kind of thing, but it's, um, you know, it's like paying it forward. So I try to do the best I can and just, this is what I've learned. You know, this is, this is how I've learned it. And these are the experiences I've had have at it and try not to make the same mistakes. So it's, this is the way <laughs> this is the way for this sure. is the way it's, I'm just quoting Mandalorian now. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, yeah, don't get in your head. I, that's the one thing with podcasting people. If you, if you're start thinking about starting a podcast or you just gotta, like, I think, I think it's like some people when they hit that record button and I, I struggled with this for the first two and a half, maybe even three years of podcasting where I felt like I was not being myself 100%. I felt like I was not, I was too much in my head. And then there just came a time where I, it just like, once I hit record, now I can just, it's like, just say, just say whatever, Brian, just say whatever's on your mind. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about this and you move on to that. It doesn't matter. Just keep going. That's why on this podcast, we went from, and you guys do this too, but that's why, uh, that's why we went from like, oh, the origin of PCL to uh, licking people's buttholes and shit. I mean, that's, you know, you, you go down these rabbit holes. Um, Steve's like, I'm not part of that, but okay, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> so yeah, don't get, in, don't get in your head too much. Just say what's on your mind and just, um, have fun, man. People, um, and, 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 and the people will come and the people will let you know what they think, you know? And, and, and here's another thing. If you have all these people saying, I like this, I like this, I like this, but you got one person saying, I don't like, that ah, fuck that one guy fuck Agreed. you yeah. it's like it's, totally like, it's i'm not here for you i'm you know and so we're not your podcast go listen to something else you know yes and unfortunately that comes from uh you have to kind of be like like and and you don't have to take it this far but if you're just like look i'm really good at what i do if you think you're not that great at what you do when someone tells you you're not good you're kind of going to pick that up but if you're like i know i'm good at what i do and they're like you suck okay i'm not for you i'm not for you but I know that I have something, you know, I remember Dave Chappelle saying, they're like, someone asked him like, Hey man, how do you like about, you know, how, you know, you're the man right now. It was on inside the actor studio. It was like, you're the man right now. How does it feel? He's like, I can't, my Angelo told him, she's like, be careful about compliments. Cause if you pick up their compliment, when they say that you're something bad, you have to pick that up too. You can't just pick one. So you, if anything, you could just say, thank you. I appreciate it, but don't hold it. 
because otherwise now they have the power to also bring you down. Just be like, hey, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. But the ultimate, the ultimate opinion of yourself that you're going to be have to ha- actually have to hold is your own. What do you think of you? I, I am the biggest uh, critic of myself. I beat myself up more than there's nothing anybody <laughs> fucking say in an email yeah. or in an iTunes that I already haven't said to myself a hundred times worse. I am yeah. a huge critic of myself. I beat myself up all the time. It's like people listen to the podcast. They think I have this ego and all this stuff. I, I, I have (laughs) my confidence level is not very high people. It's like, like I, I I'm in my element when I'm podcasting and I'm, and I'm doing my thing. But at the end of the day, I'm always kind of, I'm the worst critic of myself. So I think, but I think that's kind of a good thing. Sometimes I think it just like keeps pushing me too. Yeah, to be better and better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, when you're on the podcast, you know, I know you get squirmy about giving your, you know, getting, you know, getting compliments. But I don't want you to leave this podcast having, like, with me having wondered, did I tell him how good he was? I know that no matter what, Ryan leaves this podcast being like, I know one person that thinks I'm really good at what I do. You know, what I'm saying I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, since he's squirming, I'll just I'm a chill with the compliment. No. You're really good at what you do, Doug. Seriously. I was, yeah, I, when I choked that girl, that was... <laughs> <laughs> no, that never happened. No, but you're really a good pot. And so when you walk away, you're like, there's... He wouldn't let me go without letting me know. He really... And I'm a vet, and I'm a person that's really picky about stuff. And you are just excellent, dude. No lie. And so that's the thing. It's like, I want to make sure... Everyone's a big critic about themselves everyone's, I mean, I hope, you know, unless you're a douche, you're a big, you're critical about yourself and it feels good. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to like, when someone's like, you are amazing. Just be like, yeah, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that I made you feel that way. That's incredible. Cause they had to get it off their chest to you. man. That's a hell of a thing that you have a lot of listeners that are just willing to love you. And it feels, and it feels good. But I think we're all, if, if we're all critical of ourselves, I know like, you know, I am. Oh, dude. Damn, man. He's classic. He's cla- I need to be more critical of myself. I think that's one of the since sometimes when you're raised where everyone's a critic of you, you have to be your own fan. You have to be. You have no choice but to be your own fan. And that carried me through. And so now I'm just like, I don't care what y'all say. I'm dope. Because you had to be that. But like. Dan's critical of himself. Everyone that wants to be better. When, sometimes when we get off the podcast like today. If you wouldn't have corrected me, I would have gotten off the podcast being like, damn it. Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs was before, you know, clerks. Oh, we're the worst at fact checking, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to let it we're go. You're like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to imagine that the people that listen know I didn't get into the podcast and be like, you know what I'm going to do? Spew some ridiculous BS today. Ready? Record. I have to assume they didn't think that I was going to do that. And that, oh, was just a slip. And just think the best of the listeners, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we're all, and like you said, Dan, I know you're critical of yourself. I know you get, if anyone, I mean, everyone gets in their, in their head. Oh, I'm fucking know? crazy. You know it. We can, say it. we can just say it on the podcast. I'm fucking crazy. But I'm learning. I'm learning. The closer I get to you, the, the more I'm learning that sometimes I just have to be like, oh, it's, it's just this sort of day for him today. Oh, it's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, uh, you know, oh, this is going to be a, a thing. This is going to be a, 
No, it's just like everyone has their day. Everyone has their days. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, the one thing that's beautiful about Dan is you want, and I'm not going to make you, I'm going to make you squirm too now, Jay. You don't mean harm to anyone. That's a, that's a rare thing. I mean, I could be a dick on Twitter. Dude, that doesn't, you don't really, like it's, but yeah, but here's what I guarantee you. If that person DMs you and was like, that really hurt my feelings, you're going to be a mush. Oh, I'd feel like shit. Yeah. Exactly. To some degree. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You'd be like, I'm sorry, Trump. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. (laughs) I'd be like, what? But, um, you know, you never mean anyone harm. So everyone gets in their head and it's, it actually feels good to know that someone like yourself is also like, hey, I'm a big critic of myself. You know what I'm saying? I still, you know, I turn on that record button and I blast off, but you're, you feel, you sound so confident, you know, running the pod. You sound like a very confident person. And even you have, um, you know, questions about your performance or whatnot. So that's a really good thing for people that are listening to this one and start their own pod to hear you say, you know, you can always, there's always room for improvement. I mean, it's one of those things where if you're thinking about being a pod, starting a podcast, Notes are huge. I, I, it's, I think some people are just like, oh, I, you know, I've got this great personality, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, it, it's, I think you still need stuff to fall back on. So notes are huge with me. I, I, I have very detailed notes. Um, I don't go over everything in my notes, but on the flip side, I have them to fall back on if I, it, you know what I mean? If I, if, if, if Jake asked me a question, sometimes I can answer it because my notes are, or whatever it may be. It's like, so there's a lot that I put into the podcast and, um, but it's gotten easy over the years. It's gotten a lot easier. It's, uh, except for movie reviews, Jesus Christ, reviewing a movie. I, I literally see the movie like three times and then I'm spending, you know, seven to eight hours doing notes, doing research. And so movie- <laughs> you sound like someone I know. No, not really, dude. I mean, Damn. for one thing, no, listen, I know where you're going, but if you're talking <laughs> about the word, I wanted to talk about the paint on the walls on that one. So I wrote dude. everything out, but yes. I will say for heroes, I've been slacking. You can usually tell when I have notes and when I don't, especially since we haven't been doing too many movie reviews lately. Like I, I have to kind of wing those sometimes. I actually have some notes today though, so I'm good. But no, I agree with you, Brian. I think that notes are super important, particularly for someone like me. I, if I, um, in the middle of talking about something, And I just blank, which happens like all the time. It is nice to refer back to have something to read real quick to kind of get yourself back on the track again. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Notes are huge. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about something different. Let's talk about something different now. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I got one more question. I promise. This is the last podcast. This is Steve. I want you to know this, Brian. I'm blaming it all on Steve. Okay. How how much editing goes in every week for your podcast? And how do you go about doing that? Absolutely. I, I edit nothing out. Really? 100% nothing. I, it's, here's <laughs> wow. the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw this out there. Here's the thing, Dan, when I first started podcasting and I th- I'd say it was the, be probably the first 20 episodes I was going through and I was taking out the uhs and the ums and the noises and all the things. And you know what? I dreaded the next day after recording. Cause I knew that I was. Yes, I knew that I was going to be there for seven to eight <laughs> listening to this fucking shit and taking this stuff out. So you know what? I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? Everything's going in. All the fuck ups. If my cat jumps up on the goddamn table, if I got somebody eating pretzels, if Jake farts, it's all fucking going in. And everything <laughs> that I brought, everything that I brought up. <laughs> 
just now, everything that I brought up just now has been something that's gone in the podcast. So I, I'm, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I think that takes, that pulls your joy away from it. Doing all that editing. I'm not doing fucking cereal, man. This is a fucking, this is just, people, <laughs> yeah, I forgot, yeah. this is just people sitting down fucking talking about shit. And if people want to listen, they can, but I want them to listen you know, everybody talks about, oh, it just sounds like friends sitting around talking about shit. That's because it is. It's, it, it really is that at the end of the day, once I hit that record button, it's just us talking about this stuff. And I'm not taking out the uhs and the ums. That's part of the conversation. I'm not taking it. And I, Dan, I know you're meticulous, dude, but I'm telling you that next fucking day of you taking that shit out, those noises, you end up hating it. I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I would personally go that far, but Again, I haven't been doing the podcast as long as you have. I will say one thing, though. You're 100% right. It's a fucking labor the next day. And I'm actually getting better at it. I found some solutions to kind of get through things faster. But you're right. Cutting out every um and uh and every fuck up is something that I know that I have to kind of work on just to for a little bit more of a natural feel, I think. I, I feel like that's where we're sort of gravitating to. But yeah, dude, it, it takes a lot of fucking work. And uh, it's it's something that, I think it's just me getting back to the whole confidence thing. Wow, I'm really putting some shit out there today. But, you know, getting back to the whole confidence thing. It's We're just, making uh, some strides today, Daniel. <laughs> that's right. Please refer to me as Daniel for the rest of the way. Daniel, you're doing fine. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, dude. I don't want to like, overtalk it. I think it. that we've hit a breakthrough today. <laughs> I'm going to write it down in my journal. I mean, do you, do you feel like you're getting more confident, Dan, in, as time goes forward? Oh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm still a fucking mush mouth, but as far as editing goes, it goes a lot easier now. I mean, before, I don't know if I was ever doing seven or eight hours, unless it was like something like a, like an Avengers episode where we record for four hours. See, the thing is, I like to take out all the dog barking. That's the fucking thing. The dog barking, the stops that we do. I don't think people want to hear me go, hey, I got to go take a piss real quick. But at the same time, it works for you guys. You guys just take a break and you're good to go. But you announced Dude, it. I had I had uh, an interview with Mike Hatton, who this is a movie that he did. And he was most recently in that Green Book movie. But Mike Hatton's talking to us and he's pissing. Yeah, I heard that. That's funny. That is hilarious. And so that is hilarious. <laughs> you kind of have to keep it in because he's talking. You're like, well, no. you can't like edit yeah. around that. I totally kept it in. Yeah, so. Okay, uh, okay, we're going to be done talking. Because I could literally talk. Because the thing is, I love, it's just like when you have a musician, or like if I had a basketball player on, I would be like, how many free throws do you take a day? You're into the craft. Yes, I'm into the ends. I don't want to hear Quincy Jones talk about Thriller. I want to hear him talk about, did you? how did you write in the heat of the night? You know, I want to go into like, let's go way into the, the nitty gritties. But I just appreciate you, uh, you know, entertaining all my weird questions that you're just like, if I have to answer one more of these podcasting questions, I get it. But again, when you have someone that's really, you know, great at what they do. Yeah, if I have someone that's great at what they do, I like to pick their brains. And so that's freaking amazing. I really appreciate it, man. I'm going to bail Brian out right now and I'm going to completely change the subject before I forget. Okay, so I'm going completely 180 right here. But right. something that I forgot to do at the top of the show, so I'm going to do it real quick, and then we can talk about whatever the fuck you want. Guys, we have new patrons this week, and I wanted to give a shout-out to the new patrons, uh, starting with Quinton Roberts. Thank you very much, sir. You're a good Q! friend. We love Q. Super Q. He's the man, and he's been on the show, and I'm sure we'll have him back on soon. And then we have this uh, the elusive Melissa C. I'm not going to say too much about her, 
because I know she wants to keep the mystery. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say who she is or who she might be dating. But thank you, Melissa C. And then, and speaking of Melissa, we have Melissa Sloter, the lovely Melissa Sloter, who is a fucking badass when it comes to reviewing movies. Like, wouldn't you? I'd be calling her Slaughter. Oh That's yeah, funny. totally. And she's written a couple articles for us on the site. And she's when she does it on the show, she just does a fucking incredible job. Yeah, she was kind of born to do this. So Melissa, thank you very much. That's awesome. And then lastly, Matthew Barnes wanted to thank you very much for your donation to Patreon. That's easy. All of you guys are. Blowing my mind that you want to pay money for this. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, obviously the show's still going to stay free, but thank you for playing with the Patreon thing. Done. Now we can talk about whatever. Hey, dude. So I, you, I went to Heroes. Did you know that they had comic book day? Someone shipped them individual books that were like only for Heroes. And one of them was a special edition copy of this, the new deceased DC, the, like the DC zombie Book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, deceased. Yes, my son got a, the, a, all of them in one with the Joker cover, and now he's not opening it. He's gonna put it on display. I'm like, well, then how am I gonna read it? Why is that one rare? Yeah, the, that cover's rare. I met Scott Snyder um, and Greg Capullo, uh, who write. Come on. Yeah, I had them. I bought the um, the first trade that came with the Court of Owls mask. And I had it open. I opened it up, and I had Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, and even the the uh, the inker. I think like uh, all signed the mask. I fucking I got come it. on, awesome, yeah. Now, how is is it is deceased good? Uh, I I we I think did we read that for number one comic books? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I don't think I've read that. I don't think I've read it yet. I really want to, and because my thing is like, are they just doing a Marvel Zombies? Is that what they're trying to do? Because Marvel Zombies is good for me. I like Marvel Zombies. I'm I've like, heard. Are they just doing that? I've heard nothing good, but good things about it. So same with me, dude. And I love the Joker's face. Oh my gosh, what a good cover that is. I want to oh see Staple Face Joker make an appearance in a movie, man. I don't know if you got to around to reading some of that shit from Scott. I have not. Oh God! There's there's a point where the Joker like cuts his fucking face off, and oh, Jesus. later on he's stapled it back onto his face. So they everybody called him Staple Face Joker, and he comes back. He's blowing up bridges, killing people. It's fucking incredible run. I have not even seen that. Yeah. Staple. Do you know what it's called? Is it just called Staple Face? Uh, no. The, it's called Death of the Family. Not. It's not Death in the Family. That's a different storyline. This is Death of the Family. And um, mm, yeah. I might have to check. That. I like the darker, the darker versions of these. I think they're going dark. Period. DC, because DC, like when I saw Deceased, I was like, this doesn't seem like a DC storyline. But then my son was like. You should read Injustice then. Oh, dude, you already, dude, you already. Like, I've been on a comic book frenzy. I recently read Redneck, which is really Ooh. good. Redneck's great. Um, oh, it's so good. If you like Redneck, you should check out Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron. Oh, dude, I'm on. Is it another? Oh, is it another horror one? It's a fucking, it's an image book, man. It's not a horror. And FX picked up the rights to it years ago, but they've done nothing with it. But, Ugh. man. Fucking Southern Bastards is one of the best fucking comic books ever. I went to a panel with Jason Aaron and uh, Jason Latour is the artist. 
and they were talking because issues weren't coming out and Jason Latour's father passed away and I was in this panel and he's talking about it and he's crying and Jason's like tearing up. It was the most incredible panel I've ever been to. I love those creators. They're that so- is amazing. Yeah. Wait, did Jason Aaron do it? Jason Aaron didn't do a Thor run, did he? Oh, he did the Thor. That was a great Thor run. <laughs> he did the Thor run, man. Jason Aaron, that was great. he's the only guy, like, other than like Walt Simonson, who did some great Thor stuff. But I mean, Jason Aaron is like the so Thor. So good. Yeah. So like I was going, I was going like panel to panel. I'm like, this is freaking incredible. When they first had, when they, when they first came out with his Thor run, he had Isad Ribic, who's just doing the covers recently, but Isad Ribic was doing the interior art too. And this guy is like very painterly. Everything looks like a painting. It's just beautiful. Gorgeous, dude. Yeah. Gorgeous. And the, the look of Thor, I was like, oh, this is very uh, classic. And yeah. I just loved the. And it, it, it's just because when someone was like, hey, you should read the Jason Aaron Thor run, I was like, I don't like Thor. Then I just read his run and i'm like oh turns out i like thor yeah dude and if you it's like it's like if you don't like hawkeye read matt fraction's hawkeye i did not know that he had a a, see hawkeye seems so boring to me dude 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 dude, you gotta read the matt fraction hawkeye oh my god it's it's hawkeye when he's not with the avengers it's just like when he's living in his fucking apartment and he's dealing with like russian kgb and he's fucking he's training kate bishop there's a whole episode that you get introduced to this dog and this dog eats pizza and they call him pizza dog well matt fraction did a whole episode about a, a day in the life of pizza dog and it's like one of the best fucking issues of comic books i've ever read and there's no dialogue in it oh dude i did not know that that even existed uh, you got to read Fractions, Hawkeye. It is so fucking good. I didn't even, dude, there, uh, it's funny because I'm just getting into, like, figuring out what authors I like. I'm like, instead of just picking up random comics, what author, like, I read Scott Snyder's, um, I forget, it was about an underwater creature. It was like an underwater creature. Oh, 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 oh. It was I a know. freaking yes. book. I know but, exactly what you're talking about. And I was just like, at the end, I was like, Okay, okay. You know, I, I I get where he was going. It was just I was like, okay, I wasn't ready. The cover made me feel like it was just going to be a horror sort of book. But I was like, okay, that was cool. I liked it. I liked it just fine. But I'm into like like I read a hundred bullets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Those yeah. sort of things. Uh, yeah. you know, obviously preacher and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I got into those. I'm reading a saga. I stopped reading. I was like, it was it it, it I loved it. But apparently I didn't love it enough for me to keep buying the the um, books. I was just like, oh, it was a cute story for me. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. was adorable. I love Saga. I'm a huge Brian K. Vaughn guy, though. Oh, um, dude. And so you like Why the Last Man? I love Why the Last Man. I loved um, – he did – him and um, another artist – him and an artist, they make uh, – they've got a website where – you can read these comics and you donate whatever you want. You can give them a, a dollar and you can read the comics if you want to. It's a, oh, I can't remember the name of the website, but he did a, it's all digital stuff. And he did a book called The Private Eye, which is fucking really good. So, yeah. Dude, you, you are it, bro. Y'all he's, see, in. <laughs> he's in. Dude, I don't know how, the thing is, it's just the time. Sure. I'm like you must. You don't watch you TV. Dedicate, 
you got to dedicate a day to it. It's not like I read comic books every day. Saturdays are typically like if I do read comics, it's on a Saturday. And then Sunday's my anime day. And then the rest of the week is whatever I'm going to put, you know, do. So it's, it's, you just got to set that time aside. So, and it's like, I don't watch every anime. I just watch what I want to watch. And like right now, the two big ones that I've been watching were like Demon Slayer and then Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone is so fucking good. I think there's like gateways to get into different things. Like the blink episode for you of Dr. Who was like your gateway into Dr. Who. That was such a, I mean, yeah, I, I, that was my gateway. And the next thing you know, I'm like 20 episodes in. Yeah. It really was the perfect one to start off with, man. Well, that's, that's the only one that should now Dr. Stone. What is Dr. Stone? Dr. Stone is basically, you've got uh, this event that happens where all of a sudden people are, it's our time, it's 2019, and then all of a sudden everyone in the world is turned into stone. And you find out that you've got this uh, guy, uh, Senku, who's in this, he's in a cave and these bats are, this uh, bat guana, this bat shit, um, it's like... A- very acidic, some kind of like alkaline that's that's eating away at stone around his body. And he he breaks free of the stone. And it's been 3000 years since this event happened. And Senku is the most brilliant man on the planet. And he figures out a way to make this uh, chemical that he can. And all the stuff, all the science in this is real science that they do. So he's basically trying to. Um, He's battling sci- fantasy with science. It's 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 a wild story. You find out so much um, in this world. He um, uh, he. What gets- are you doing over there, man? Are you building a birdhouse or what's going on? Oh, it's my chair. Oh, okay. All right, just making sure. Sorry, Brad. No, you're fine. He like he he's gonna get attacked by a lion out in the out. In the, apparently, all the animals in the zoos got out. People, people were turned to stone and a certain bird swallows were turned into stone. Everything else was not. So like nature has had a chance to kind of like just thrive and, um, you know, buildings are now gone. It's like, it's been 3000 years. All these things that deteriorated away. And so now you've got, he's got, he's got all this science knowledge and he's in a world where there's no technology um, you end up finding out every week you end up finding about more about this world. You find out that there's actually people that did survive this event somehow, and they've been living in this world and he comes into, it's, it, it is such, and now I'm at a point where he's trying, he's going to go to battle with another group and he's trying to make cell phones to so they they can they can communicate with one another that way they can beat this other tribe that's clearly stronger than they are as far as oh dude this is a really good fucking show it's so, really, so good well, how do i watch what, it? what is yeah is it on netflix no i've been watching it on um I, it's on Crunchyroll or oh, fun or VRV? I've, yeah i've been watching it on verve so yeah okay see i gotta i, I guess i gotta get do you have to you have to pay Crunchyroll like one uh it's like a monthly thing? Just if you guys really want to watch this, let me know and I'll just give you my login information for Verb. You rock. You rock. Cause I, I do wanna I do wanna because here's the funny thing. Uh recently I got into 
mind you, again, horror. I'm watching High School of the Dead, and there's another one. Oh, I was uh, there was another one I was watching. Oh, um, uh, JoJo's Great Adventure. And um, I noticed that I was like, a lot of these shows they'll have like a full song opening the the, the show. Yeah, it's like a three minute was, song. It's like a three minute <laughs> song. I was like, why do they do this? JoJo's definitely like, does that. But I, I definitely am trying to eke my way because I'm not in anime yet. Yeah. I'm slowly dipping and then I, I imagine I'm going to be taking a left turn into anime. Eventually. I just got to get used to a, the style as I go deeper There's, and deeper. The three, the three right now that I'm like addicted to is Demon Slayer, Dr. Stone, and My Hero Academia. Are like That's a good... I'm on... Now, I did watch... Uh, I, I watched the first season of My Hero. We're on season four, right? It's on season four. I'm in. I'm almost done with season two. I'm on two, where they're um, they're still uh, uh, they're still in the arena fighting, and I'm uh, and uh, shoot, what else happened? Well, I gotta watch another. But yeah, I'm like two episodes into season two. Oh, the and first one, season I jammed through. One Punch Man is pretty good too. <laughs> I fucking love that show. You know what? I, heard a lot about that show yeah that's a good one it's good i like i've heard a lot of now would you consider um you wouldn't have you didn't consider castlevania anime uh it's it's a style yeah it's like a that's american though but oh okay that's like in the vein of the old spawn anime right yeah 90s yeah, it, but I love Addy Shankar. That guy, he's weird as shit, but I fucking love him. He did like all the bootleg universe films, the short films like Punisher Dirty Laundry. He did the adult version of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, Venom, oh. the Truth and Journalism. I like this oh, guy. Wow. Is, yeah, I I think Addy Shankar is pretty pretty cool, except for he's he's kind of a fucking weirdo, but... Well, most of those folks, like people that are really like Alan Moore, those guys are weird. Yeah. Oh, he's very strange. He was involved in the Dread movie too, Adi Shankar. Wasn't he really? I love the Dread movie. Yeah, me too. Oh my god, I saw really good. I saw that shit in 3D in the theater, and it fucking blew me away. So it was so good. Actually, speaking of Punisher, have you read? You read Garth Ennis's run, right? Uh, I was more of the um, Greg Rucka run. But I okay, have Garth okay. Ennis, but I love Greg Rucka. So Dude, that's, those were good. And Dan, you would love uh, Garth Ennis' run of Punisher too. I've read a couple issues actually. Holy I have, I do, I've downloaded so much shit from the well from certain spots. You know, comics, are <laughs> comics are expensive, man. They they add up quickly. And when I was on a yeah. mad tear for a while, I definitely got all of the Ennis stuff. So yeah, I've I've checked it out. Okay, now I know we were gonna. So what you would now? Can one of you tell me? About Servant. Yes, let's talk about Servant. Goodness. I have never, like, I don't even know what this is. I have no clue. Well, Steve, let me tell you about it, can I, buddy? Please, so, please, please. So if you guys are watching Apple TV Plus right now, which I don't really know how many of you are, actually. I did the whole, I'm the guy that does the free trial run and then I forget, so I'm currently paying for it right now. Um, to me, this is one of the better shows on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's called Servant. 
Let me break it down for you. A Philadelphia couple are in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. It's created by Tony Bascalop, I believe, and it stars Lauren Ambrose, Tony Cabell, excuse me, Tony Cabell, I believe is how you say it. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Tony Cabell, why is that ringing a bell? Isn't he like involved with Planet of the Apes? Yeah, um, it's actually, it's Toby Kebbell and Toby Kebbell was the, um, <laughs> Toby Kebbell and Bits, Kebbell's eh. and Bits. I don't know. That didn't work. Um, <laughs> that was a swing and a miss, but you're okay. It happens sometimes, you know. Um, but no, Toby Kebbell, yeah, he was in the Planet of the Apes. He played the the evil ape in that movie. And then he was also Victor Von Doom in the Josh Trank uh, Fantastic ah, Four. Wasn't familiar with that. That's because it was a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Well, yeah, so it stars him too. Uh, Neil, Nell Tigerfree as Leanne Grayson. Uh, Rupert Grint, who we might know as uh, Ronald Weasley, is also in this here. And then there's some other people too, as you'd imagine with the television show. I have watched all three episodes, Brian, and I uh, have some opinions. I have some questions. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to convey some of this information because like, it's, it's sort of like, th- it's nothing like This Is Us, but it takes a weird turn. Did you mean us or This Is Us? This Is Us. I'm saying, you know how, like, at the time, do you watch This Is Us? I do not. Okay, so very first episode, what I'm getting at is the very first episode, there is a big reveal. And that takes the course of the rest of the show for the most part. There's something that happens kind of similar to that in this first episode where it's like, oh, we, we were dealing with one thing, but now we're dealing with another one. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to try and figure out how the hell to talk about this without giving too many spoilers. So, well, here's the thing. It's like, I, should I, it's one of those things like on my show, when we talked about this yesterday, I just went ahead and gave a spoiler for it. I gave everybody a spoiler warning and you don't have to do that on this one because, but for me, it's like, I don't think enough people are watching Apple TV plus to begin with. So it's like, how do you get them hooked? How do you get them? Right. To make, yeah, you got a point. You, you know what I mean? It's like if we are spoiling something, are they ever going to watch this in any capacity? Now, here's the thing. I think you can watch the first two episodes of all their series for free if you want to. Okay, cool. There's, that's still a thing. So if you guys have Apple TV, make sure and check it out and at least get your, you know, dip your toe in the water. There's other ones on there, too. There's like C starring um, Jason. Aquaman, Jason Momoa. And then there's also one that I watched called uh, The Morning Show, which is Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. Uh, we can talk about that if you've seen that, too. But I have not. But uh, the For All Mankind is the one that I think is just like incredible. It's the Joel Kinnaman one. It's kind of it's the story of like what would have happened if the space race never ended. So the Russians get to the moon first and it's this thing of like the space race never ended. And it's kind of like this fringe universe of like, where would have this, where would this lead? And it's, I think it's fucking incredible. Then I'm checking that one out next. All right. Let's talk about servant. Yeah. First of all, what did you think? Dude, dude, dude. I, it's one of the, okay. Everybody's saying like, oh, it's, it's a executive producer M night Shyamalan, you know? And it's like, he hasn't always delivered over the past. Oh few boy. Years. But I will admit that's what drew me in. Oh, it drew me in as well. And it, also, also the trailer drew me in. I think the trailer did a great job of making me want to at least check out the first episode. Um, I burned through these first three episodes. I am I am there for the fucking mystery, man. There is just – I am there. I got to know where this goes. And what's wild about this, Dan, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they've planned this out. If they have their way and if they get – if it, it, it already has been greenlit for a second season. They're oh, no. wanting to do – a total of six seasons. They have a six season 
plan for this show That's going forward. Ambitious, man. Considering that they, is you know, ambitious, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're off to a really good start, Steve. I think you have an Apple TV, yeah? Here's my worry, though, Dan. And we've talked about this before. If I say, hey, I'm going to make a movie called Beatles.com, it's going to have a six-story arc or six-season arc, so at every season, I'm going to end on a cliffhanger, knowing I have a six-season arc. Problem with that is, sometimes they don't renew it. And so you're left with a... You know what I'm saying? I like shows that are just like, we don't know when we're going to end, so we're going to have it completed each season. That's what worries me. But they're not officially signed up. Is that what you said, Brian? They're they're talking about six seasons? If it works out or? They've been greenlit for two. They, they just got the second season approval, okay. but, they've, but they plan on doing six. Now, here's the thing, though. I think you got it. Steve, I know what you're saying, man. And that sucks for the viewers. But I think if you're the creators, the people that are involved, you've got to do this story the way you want to do it and not. Totally. That's totally. You got to right, swing dude. for the fences and hope that, you know, that they, they keep renewing you in order to tell the story that you want to tell. So. It's totally true. No, and you know what? The, the good thing they have going for them, A, they don't have a lot of, a bunch of shows on Apple Plus. And they have M. Night Shyamalan's name behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, then they're right off the bat, I don't think they're just gonna, if this is their main hitter, I mean, are they, they're not gonna get rid of it. If this is their hitter. Well, they're not in Netflix status yet. So, the you know, the uh, always canceling on a cliffhanger, it gets very old after that's a while. So they true. have, they have no, some room to right. play around is what I'm getting at. That's but, very true. And they're not running out of money. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think Apple's, <laughs> Apple's money. not hurting. <laughs> right. But uh, Brian, what was your, I mean, what was your take on this? Is this something that you you think is uh, like a, you know, I, I think on your show you would go with a uh, Tupperware or a High Tasted or something like that. So mm-hmm. wh- how are you feeling about this one? Oh, you want to know my rating? Just, just right now, yeah. I'm going to give it four out of five Rupert Grint crotch grabs. <laughs> oh, now I have to watch it. I like that. Now I, I have to watch it. <laughs> I, I was going to go with uh, groping, but yeah, we were very similar. I, like there's sometimes I have a hard time figuring out what the hell I'm going to call this one. Let me see if I can think of a better, not better, but a different one. Um, no, no. I think Rupert Grint crotch grabs is probably great. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's it's not a competition, man. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I like my own, but I think I'm I'm going with that one. I think that's a good one. I will give it. I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid four out of five myself. I think this is something that I can usually tell when I start watching a show if I'm going to be into it or if I'm going to have to kind of power through and find out what they're going for. Right out the gate, this one grabbed me, and I think that all of the acting's phenomenal. It grabbed, and I, it grabbed Rupert too. It grabbed Rupert and it crashed. <laughs> this is true. I was like, bloody hell. But they, I don't know what it is about this one. I, I've been really enjoying a mystery these days, you know? And uh, this one is just so, I don't know how to explain this without giving spoilers. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to give spoilers right now. Here's and, the thing. We can, we can talk about just the initial premise of it. I mean, you've got this family who, you know, I don't know how long they've been married, but they just, they, they've suffered this tragedy. And the fact, the tragedy is the fact that they're 13 week your old baby right suddenly died of SIDS mysterious reasons has is, I mean, maybe it did, wasn't SIDS you know what you're right yeah. I think it's more of a, a mysterious thing we don't know yet we don't no. know what happened to this baby uh, and so it's it's so but the mother uh, Lauren Ambrose plays Dorothy the mother and and she wants to 
well, she she's kind of had this mental breakdown where um, she has not accepted the fact that the child has passed. And and so uh, we we haven't seen flashbacks to all that and how this was all set up. We've just kind of been told in this show that uh, she still thinks that this baby is with them. So the 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 father, Toby Keppel, he purchases a kind of like a doll that looks like a live baby. It's creepy looking. Yeah, it was like on the recommendation of her psychiatrist. It's a human-like doll, and like they purchased this doll, and 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 so that's what's in the crib. She she the name of the doll is Jer the the name of the baby was Jericho, and they call it Jericho. She treats it like a baby, and they're wanting to hire a nanny for this human-like doll so she can go back to work. She's a news anchor. Um, and so it, it, it's, it's just a weird, the first episode, Dan, like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like we're following, we're as confused and th think this is as weird as like the husband does, because like they're doing these close up looks on their faces in that. And it's just like, Oh my God, this, this mother is, I feel so bad for her, but this is just so weird. And They're hard. Awkward. Yes. 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 And we, what we come to find out is that Leanne, this young girl that they hire, she's 18 and she's from uh, some small town in Wisconsin. And they really know nothing about her is that she treats this baby as if it's real, even when the mom's out of the house. And so yes, it, yes. It, it adds this an, another layer of creepiness and weirdness to this show that we're watching. And the husband's just fucking done. Like he can tell he was probably hoping to have a little bit of camaraderie with this nanny. So we can kind of give her the look like, yeah, listen, I yeah. realize it's a doll and just, just you can chill when she's gone, but you know, play the part. And she fucking blows his mind and equally treats this this doll like it's a real baby, like Jericho's a real child. And mm -hmm. it's just, so now it's, it creates this like alienation. He, he doesn't even know who the hell this woman is in his house. He thought, hopefully, that she would be, you know, something that could kind of be like a crutch for him and give him a little bit of a break as well as keeping his wife, you know, tuned into thinking that this doll is a real baby. And then she goes around and starts treating it like a human, too. So now he just feels like completely alone in this. He's got Rupert Grint, the brother-in-law of uh, Lauren Ambrose. By the way, Lauren Ambrose, if you don't know, was in uh, Six Feet Under. She was the redhead in Six Feet Under. And she's really, mm -hmm. good really good in this, man. But she, like Brian's saying, these close-ups of their faces, there's this one part where she's just meeting the nanny, uh, Leanne. Mm -hmm. And it's just this close-up of her smiling. And I could just see myself in a situation like that. Like, like I really need to back up about three steps. It's just total intense smiling and, you know, sort of, talking maniacally if you will i mean she's, she's saying everything everything she's saying is normal but she's just so energetic about it in this weird awkward way that it creates this tension right off the bat i, I fucking loved the first episode and then of course if we're going to go ahead and go into spoilers there's this whole thing where the whole time you're dealing with this jericho this this real baby like a real not a real doll that's a whole other thing but like a real looking baby and then suddenly on the monitor you start hearing cooing and she goes up, or the husband goes upstairs thinking he's just tripping. And he goes into the room and there's a real freaking baby in there now. So now we've got this whole other spin on what's happening. How did this baby get here? There's something to do with um, Leanne's past and where she comes from. There is a part where Rupert Grant, the brother-in-law, he basically takes an assignment from uh, Sean, the husband, and says, hey, listen, I need you to go. Actually, I don't know if he takes the assignment or if the guy just does it on his own. But he goes 
to where she used to live and and um, this whole other thing opens up and there's this one similarity that I just wanted to bring up without ex- you know explaining the entire show. I think it has something to do with this cross that she keeps making. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. very that's, that cross was like very like it felt very Blair Witch to me. Yes, yes, totally Blair Witch. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It hasn't given us rightfully so. It hasn't given us enough information to put everything together, which I think is part of being a great mystery series. And uh, I mean, I'm fully in with this, man. I love the way that it's the tone of it. I love the tense acting. Just everything makes me want to just come back to this tomorrow. I think it, what is it? Is it every Friday that we get new episodes? Every Friday. We're, uh, it's either Thursday or Friday with this one. I can't remember. if It's it's, it's one of those days. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, you got to check this one out, man. This is a really good one. Now y'all got me all juice. Now I got to get into it, man. Dang on it. Here's the thing. Um, did you see the interview with the showrunner? Uh, did you read about the interview with Tony Bazgallup? Uh, Screen Rant had an interview no, with him. No, no, I didn't. They asked him, they said, it sounds like you guys have a long-term plan for the story. So by the end of the first season, how many pieces, how many of the pieces of what happened to Jericho and who Leanne is have we uncovered by the end of the first season? And then he responded and said, you're going to know quite a lot. You're going to know what happened to Jericho and you're going to start to understand who Leanne is and where she's from. But going forward, there's so much more. Nothing is entirely resolved here. Grief is something that lasts forever and nothing comes easy. If you want to rebuild your life, if you want to get that second chance, if it truly exists, these characters are going to have to work a lot harder than they did in season one. I think season one just shows there's a possibility for you to resolve your big issue. Hopefully, We'll have another five seasons to show exactly how. So, like, this is a big picture for uh, Baz Guy. That is huge. That yeah. means they're like, no, we want it. I mean, if they have a big, massive story, it's at least it's better than, I mean, we all know shows that kind of wrote episode to episode. It was just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, the classic loss situation. Or it's just like, I don't know. I mean, this. I guess this. At least they have a beginning and end. Yeah, it's nice they to have the skeleton. know how it's going to go. Yeah, at least a skeleton of it. Instead of being like, I don't know, this. But it totally shows that people believe in the show. And just by watching these first three episodes, I can totally see why they believe in it. I I'm love actually, beautiful, dude. I'm actually kind of surprised. I wasn't really sure Apple TV was going to be able to pull it off. I mean, obviously, they've got the, the funds. And they had some pretty big names coming out. But I don't know why I didn't give this one a fair shot. I just felt like, like even on launch day, it was pretty pretty quiet you know and i'm thinking oh maybe this maybe they jumped in too soon but i don't know if they're putting out programming like this i may have to keep my subscription it's one of those things where i think like there's a bunch of shows that come out and then all of a sudden once they get some critical acclaim by the end of you know the run of the first season or something like that then everybody's watching i feel like hands the handmaid's tale was like one of those shows you know what i mean it's like and fleabag like nobody's watching this stuff and then all of a sudden so good Emmy, 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 Emmy. Now everyone's watching it. These might be those shows. Like this might be like, so right now you can get in on the ground floor and be like, oh, I was watching that since the beginning. Oh God, yeah, I've been watching. I think, honestly, I think their big heavy hitter right now that's going to get all the critical acclaim is For All Mankind. I think that that's going to be the one, the Joel Kinnaman show. It is fucking phenomenal. And I, I, got, I was asked to uh, interview some of the women that are in that show and I, I just didn't have time on my plate to do it. So, um, but it is really, really good. They asked you to do it. Well, they, they, I, I'm, 
they sent uh, an email saying, you know, uh, got this. Oh, sh- yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, you probably got the same email, Dan. I got the same yeah. email. Yeah. So look at these superstars over here. I didn't, I didn't really have time for it. I didn't have time yeah. for it. Busy yeah. guy. You know, a lot of big things. You know, no big deal. <laughs> you know, yeah. no big deal. But yeah, I think. Okay, so how about this? Out of curiosity, is this a better idea for me? Being that I'm not a patient individual, as you both know, why don't I let, could I let them both stack up and just binge both? Or do you think there's something to be said about the week to week? Uh, You know, in your case, I think you prefer a binge. And I don't think, you know, if you're not watching it now and, and there's not, I don't think there's a lot of conversation going on about it. I think you're okay. I haven't even heard of him for all mankind with Joe Kinnaman. And I love Joe Kinnaman. Let me throw this out there. I'll be honest with you. I think for all mankind, you can just let it stack up, dude. Just let it stack up and finish it as a whole. But for me, there are certain shows that week to week is just the mystery. And 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 the whole week, I'm just I'm wondering what's gonna happen that, that next episode. And if I really if I really want to have a conversation about it, I can go to Reddit. I can read the theories. I can that's inter- true on Reddit. And that's what I did with Westworld. That's what I've been doing with Watchmen. And I think Servant is kind of like maybe a close third of something that maybe I think the week to week you can kind of benefit because it's that that mystery. I I think there's something about instant satisfaction sometimes with certain shows where it doesn't play out like the week to week stuff, man. Because like um, I, I I watched a show and I mentioned this on my show. I watched a show called Black Summer. It's about zombies. It was I, like, oh, yeah. I love We're that. Familiar. I love that show, dude. I fucking loved it too, but I forgot <laughs> about it because I binged it, man. That's you know, real. that's real. Until you got the news that it was like, uh, you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. Black Summer, that was so. I loved it. I experienced that on the level of television that I watch. I could only imagine how it is on the scale of things that you watch, dude. I could totally understand how you'd be like, oh, that was a show and I completely forgot about it. Yet I watched every single episode happens to me all the time. There's just so much coming out constantly. I don't know how you keep up. It's you're a machine. (laughs) And then also like, like, uh, I do, I do like week to week for walking dead. Cause I do like to think in between and be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm still I don't wait for I'm, those to stack up. I'm still watching the walking dead, man. What'd you dude? I'm telling you, I think the best episode this season has been that, that Negan focused episode, man. Oh, that was so freaking the way he was just like <laughs> the way he was just doing his Negan thing against the, the, the whisperers. Yeah. He was just being himself. Oh, it's and so being like, look, I'm going to do, it was so good. It was and I'm so like, good. I think he's playing. I think he's playing them. There's no if he way turns into Negan. There's no <laughs> way if it comes down to like, I think I, if it comes down to him or the whispers hurting Judith in any way, it's like he's not. There's no way. I think this is like no. his way to prove himself to the group at Alexandria and and the kingdom and and all of them that like, yeah, you know, he's he's you know. Ref- Formed as much as he's going to reform. And the thing is, dude, people that left Walking Dead this season, the la- this season right here is amazing. I mean, amazing. The, what's Homegirl's name? The bald. The, what's her name? Oh, uh, uh, Alpha. Yeah, she is. She's in. She's playing this part like she wants an Emmy. She is in playing this part i'm like i believe her she's scary 
Dan, I promise you, if you just catch up to this season, you will not be disappointed. It's all worth it. It I'm hearing this from multiple people. The only thing is that I jumped off the second season that Negan was on. So what is that, like three, four seasons at this point? That's okay. That's okay. Come on back. Come on back, dude. It is so... This season of Walking Dead may be the... It's like the best in recent memory. It is so good. And then my boy from from, um, Sons of Anarchy plays Beta. I'm like, come on, I'm in. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, Opie's supposed to be in there. Opie's Alpha. I mean, Beta, he's so good. I like how I go by their character names, not the actor names, but I I wasn't ready. But he's so good, dude. And, and and the fact that Negan is not intimidated by it. Like, when he looked up at him, when he ran into him in the woods, he was like, there, let's, like, he looked at him like, let's go. Let's get this handled. I've been looking all over for you. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. Watch Walking Dead, Dan. I promise you won't be disappointed. Heroes of Noise pick of the week. All right, let's talk about a couple more. I know, Steve, you got to get out of here pretty soon, but there are two that I wanted to talk about. And what I'm talking about is, I almost said Bonnie and Clyde, because people keep comparing to it. I don't know why that is, but I'm talking about Queen and Slim, directed by Melina Matsukas. And I believe her claim to fame comes from multiple music videos. I think she did Beyonce's Lemonade. I know she did that, in fact. And then, of course, there is Lena Waithe, who did the screenplay. Lena Waithe, I believe it was, I, I think we called her H, if I'm not mistaken, in Ready Player One. And she's also done, oh God, the what shy. is it? The Shy. The yeah, 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 yeah. She did a great. She did a great episode of Masters of None. She's all yes. over Twitter. She is. Oh. All, she's all over Twitter. Oh, uh, Masters of None. Yeah, I heard she's a, she's involved in that. Yeah. Oh, see, that was such a good episode. The cast is Daniel Kaluuya as Slim, Jodie Turner Smith. I'm gonna talk about her a lot as Queen. Uh, Flea even shows up in this, Steve. So if you like bass players and Flea's in this. Chloe Sevigny's in this. And Sturgis Simpson. Do you want me to shut up? I'll shut up and you can talk. <laughs> I didn't and know all these people were in. This is amazing. <laughs> and then also, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, he plays probably one of the best piece of shit cops I've ever seen in a movie. His name's yeah, Sturgill Simpson. If you don't know that name or if it sounds familiar, he he's a country singer and he did the theme for, a, uh, well, it was pretty much of a shitty movie. I think we'll all agree on this. The Dead Don't Die. Just just a god-awful movie. But don't hold it against Sturgill Simpson because he knows how to play a piece of shit cop better than most people I've seen. So I'm going to say right off the bat that I absolutely loved Queen and Slim. I'm going to go ahead and just like get into it. Um, as I said, Bonnie and Clyde. Described as a modern-day take on Legend of Bonnie and Clyde, the plot follows two African-Americans who must go on the run after killing a police officer during a traffic stop gone wrong. I think that this movie is a very fresh take on something that's been done multiple times, particularly in recent years. And the way that they handle it, it's just a, it's a phenomenal movie. It's, it's more than what I was expecting, actually, because I didn't I saw the previews, you know, and I I knew what I was getting into, but I kind of thought it was going to go a whole different direction. But it's all about chemistry in this one. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner Smith turn in like awesome performances on this. I think they play very well off of each other. Um, I like the characters of Queen and Slim and, you know, their whole story. Basically, we're dealing with a Twitter date gone wrong, a first Twitter date gone wrong. You know, they're they're sitting in a diner at the beginning of the movie and Daniel Kaluuya is just trying to be a good guy and she's not having any of it. But she wanted him there simply as company or someone to vent to. She didn't really have a lot to say to him, you know, other than like, these are my problems. And she didn't really give a shit about what he was saying. In fact, she seemed really standoffish. 
And so they just go home. You know, they, they call the, I don't think there was going to be a second date. They call the night. And while they're driving home, you know, they start having a pleasant conversation and he allows her to look at his phone. So I don't know about you, but even if I don't have anything on my phone, I get a little nervous when people are looking at my phone. And he does that thing where he just, all right, I'm done. And he grabs it from her. And consequently, when he does that, the car swerves a little bit and boom, sirens hit. And then everything just goes crazy from there. Um, They take off on this journey. What happens is that uh, without, I mean, this isn't really spoiler territory, but what happens is they end up having a confrontation with a cop. It goes wrong. The cop ends up getting killed and they end up going on the run. Now, again, like I was saying, I think that this has been done several times before. But what I liked about this one, Brian, was that it, it really focused on the two characters more, more than like, say, you know, how like when you're watching a movie like this and you have all of the outside characters, maybe they don't ever get their their uh, their story filled in. But it's more like the uh, the officers or the people that are taking information and passing on the information to law enforcement. You know, they, there's a lot of that going on. They don't focus on that in this one. It's just simply a story of two people that. It's like, it's like a character study. It's like two people put in this crazy situation and, you know, they're sort of at odds with each other when it starts, but it's like how they end up growing together and eventually becoming a team and a couple. And, and uh, I just think it's like a really, really cool story. What do you think? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, because Steve hasn't seen it. Oh, Steve hasn't seen it. Yeah, I, um, I, I thought that this, uh, I was blown away by this movie. This is one I've, I've, I've been looking forward to for about three months now since I first saw like the first trailer. Uh, and, uh, I was blown away by it. Like this is, uh, Melina Matsuka's feature di- directorial debut. And yeah. it was, just, it was, it was, it was amazing. And then Jodie Turner Smith, I've never seen her in anything before. I don't know what she's done before this. I think that this is her, you know, feature debut in a film. And she was just incredible. Just following these two people that really, and you, and it's, it's crazy because they are so different. You've got, you know, Daniel Kaluuya's character, he's a good guy. But uh, I think that she's a little kind of like out of his league, not the type of, you know, uh, woman that he's dated before. Like she's a lawyer, dude. Yeah. She's smart, real educated. And I'm not saying like he's not. It's just like I think this is these are two completely different people. But I think them being thrown into the situation together, like they find out that they have a lot more in common and they're reliant on each other and um, they're there for each other. There's some really beautiful, tender moments that happen between these characters throughout this film and they just grow close throughout this. It's it's really and all those tender moments work like every time those two are on screen, it this movie works. I did think that there's a scene they're not in it that didn't quite work for me. Oh, I bet but you I can guess that scene. Is is it the is it the 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 parade the 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 uh, march the yeah. march yeah. Yeah. yeah I felt that was one hundred percent shoehorned and unnecessary and I think that it took the movie into a different direction it didn't take the movie into a different direction but it was the only time in the movie where it actually have it in my notes where it took me out of the movie like I was cause, because I was like why is this even necessary we know what's going on we know the phenomenon that's happening around them which we'll get into but. I felt like it was there for, I don't know. I think it should have just been, it should have been a different kid too, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, like, yeah Cause he went from like zero to a hundred. Right. <laughs> like, oh God. Instant. Yeah. I, I didn't care for that whole like arc in the movie, but other than that, I thought this was an incredible movie. I love it. I'm planning on seeing it again. It was so good. Yeah. This is one that I'm definitely going to be watching again and again, you know, once I, it, this is really, really fucking good. I wanted to talk about Bokeem Woodbine, who's in it. He plays Uncle Earl. He's a he's Queen's uncle. And he's got a past. I'm not going to get into that part because I do want people to see this movie and kind of know some of the, 
not know some of the things, but uh, he's got a certain past that's connected to her family. Obviously, he's her uncle, but there's more to it. And I think that he might be one of the breakout stars in this movie. I love the character rather of Uncle Earl. And uh, just he's like a kind of like a pimp, I guess you could say. But he's got this. There's a little bit of John Witherspoon in his delivery that made it so great for me to watch. I, uh, I, every, you know what I'm saying? R.I.P. John Witherspoon, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, that freaking. And, and speaking of like Bohemian Woodbine, dude, he's great in everything he does. Right. From back in the day with Jason's lyric all the way through Fargo. Fargo. Um, and then with Dead Presidents. Like, he's always been that character. you are just like, hey, Bokey Woodbine. <laughs> Bokey Woodbine. Yeah, he was, he was the original shocker in Spider-Man Far From Home. No, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even seen it. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was the, there was two, no, he was the second shocker. There were two shockers. Yeah. He was the second shocker in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I love Bookie Woodbine. Yeah. He's so good at everything he did. He's like, when I see him show up, I haven't seen, um, uh, what you call it yet. Uh, isn't he a Dolomite? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my name is Dolomite. Yeah. I don't remember him being that. I don't remember him being it. It was a great movie. It's really fucking good. I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it. I still, every time I see it on Netflix, I'm like, I gotta watch it. But yeah, Bokeem, I didn't know he was, um, I didn't even know he was in Queen of Slim. Had no idea. Wow. Yeah. He's Everyone's great. in this movie. I, I gotta tell you, I don't know if anyone's gonna agree with me on this, but, and this is also going for Daniel Kaluuya. For me, with Daniel Kaluuya, I like all the movies that he's in, but I've always said that he kind of has a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of a monotone to him that kind of keeps him in that same role, so to speak. You don't really see him jump out of that too much. And that is actually what's going on in this movie, too. But what I will say about Daniel Kaluuya is that every single time he's on screen now, every movie that he makes, he's getting better and better and better. And the and the characters are just that much more believable. I think mm-hmm. this is probably his best role, in my opinion. I know everyone loves Get Out. You know, Widows was another great role for him. But I really related to him in this one. Not so much in his situation that he's going through. I just found it to be one of the most believable out of all of the roles that he's done so far. And then I have to say the same thing for Bokeem Woodbine. I mean, I like everything that he's in as well, but there was just something so, even though he's not the best person to say the least, there's just something so charming about his character that he really made this for me. So, and then Jody Turner Smith, like Steve, have you ever seen Jody Turner Smith? Uh huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but not only is she a beautiful woman, but her performance just like wowed me the most. I think, I think I really enjoyed her most. Out of this movie, I liked how she sort of went from, you know, as uh, Brian was saying, someone that's possibly out of his league and well aware of it to understanding this person that she's on this journey with. I mean, they go from being a Tinder date gone wrong to taking a trip across the country to make this big escape. And the way that they come together and like, you know, Brian saying these these tender moments that they share really make this movie, man. I I. I really can't say enough good things about this. And even goes to the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack's amazing too. You're just grooving the entire time it's on there. There was one thing I thought, like these movies exist out there. This is nothing like this movie. In fact, it's quite the opposite. But there was a movie back in the 80s called The Legend of Billie Jean. It stars Helen Slater, uh, Christian Slater, and then Yeardley Smith, who is uh, Lisa Simpson, if you don't know that. Not the same kind of movie, but what I compare it to is that 
I like that they're going through all these, you know, different experiences. And yes, they are having direct interaction with people who are helping them out. Some that you would not expect them to. Like there are a few surprises in the movie. You're like, oh, okay, that's pretty awesome that they did that. And they're aware of the situation, but they don't know that there's this huge phenomenon that's happening around them. You know what I mean? They're just, they know they're on television. They know that they're making some kind of a mark, but there is this huge movement that's happening around them, which kind of gives them that Bonnie and Clyde appeal, I guess you could say. But like Brian said earlier, that kind of works against the movie a little bit at a certain point where we just have this one scene that just really does not need to be there at all. We're well aware of what's going on. I think that the message gives a, excuse me, the movie gives a clear message you know, about like, it doesn't truly focus on police brutality, but it's there, it's prominent. And that's the whole reason that this whole thing took off in the first place, but it doesn't focus on those things too much. That's why I felt that this particular scene with the demonstration or the March, whatever you want to call it, was just so shoehorned in because it was like, all of a sudden we went from people that are going and helping them out and and helping the, the story move forward to this whole other scene that looks like it's from a different movie. It just didn't make any sense to me. And that's truly the only con that I can say about the movie. That's it. I'm right there with you, man. And it's it's funny that we both pick out the same scene because it, 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 you know, it's that's how what's well, pretty obvious. Wouldn't you say on yeah. this one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. So that that part was a bit of a swing and a miss. But other than that, I think this movie is excellent. Um, you want to go ahead and rate this one, Brian? Oh, let's see here. No, I'm going to have you. You rate this one. All right. Buddy. You rate. I got it. I am going to give Queen and Slim a solid four out of five fugitive, fugitive harboring. Ba- I can't even talk today, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I try to you know what it is. I try to get witty, and then I just fuck my own shit up. Hold I'm on, this I'm movie- give, I'll take it over. I'm going to give this movie four out of five stuttering Dan's. Thank you. Now you know why. I oh, I'm trying to be nice today. No, I'm just kidding. Four out of five. <laughs> I've always envisioned this being like, not on my show, motherfucker, but he's totally right. <laughs> he's totally right. So, yeah, let me try that again. I'm giving it four out of five fugitive harboring bass players. That's where I'm going with this. Nice. 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 Yeah. All right. Now, are you going to go ahead and stick with the stuttering dance on this one? Because it's completely acceptable. No, I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it four dead cops. How about nice. that? Nice. nice. <laughs> I would really like that, I think. So nice. Not so much. I'll take five. I was like, are you, you going to go for it, Brian? Are you gonna do it? <laughs> Just do it. Ooh, man. Hey. That's so Anthony Jezelneck of you. Okay, listen. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. We're going to go into a sidebar. I've already told Dan how genius that man's comic writing is. Genius. Anthony Je- Jezelneck is genius. I'm not going to. That is all. I, lo- I, I, you know, I used him as an example, but like I, I, you know, I, I, most of his specials I do enjoy, and even his fucking Comedy Central show is just way ahead of its time. Dude, it was. There's like he's the one person I listen to a joke. I'm like, when he ends it, I'm like, I could have never thought that that was where it was. Wow. All right, that's all. I'm glad he brought him up. Okay, go for it, Dan. All you. <laughs> I'm gonna get behind. I'm gonna do this Jesselnick thing. I haven't done it yet. I dude, know the name. I, I really so don't know any good. of his material, so I'll get on it, dude. Oh, he's so good. Uh, the way he, he oh, starts talking about Eric Clapton's kid. You oh, were, dude! Oh, oh my that God! Joke, that joke, dude. Oh. I already like it. I, I love that dark <laughs> shit, man. It's dark, oh. As fuck, dude. Oh my he, God! He primes it and says, "If you laugh at this one." <laughs> you're in <laughs> when humor <laughs> makes me squirm. That's the best kind of humor, man. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. And then there's a another joke that we're looking for is 
that he goes to a bar and a woman tells him that she's a brain surgeon. Where it goes? I'm like, I would have never thought of that. He's just good. Anyway, all right, go for it. All right. Well, then this involves you now because now we're at Knives Out. Oh, go ahead and tag in, Steve. Now, please. All right. So um, let me first give you the background. For me, I, I, I had been seeing commercials or preview trailers for Knives Out written and directed by uh, Ryan Johnson. And I was like, man, it has uh, uh, Colette in it, Tony Colette, you know, uh, Chris Evans, of course. Um, you know, all these people that are just like, I love uh, Don Johnson, my boy from, you know, Miami. I don't know why I'm going to go Miami Vice. <laughs> the only thing he's done, Miami Vice. He's done a million things, but I remember A boy him. and his dog? Go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, they have the ensemble. No question. Daniel Craig, I've never been a Lakeith Stanfield great. Daniel Craig, he's hit or miss, but mm. either way, and when he's, there's a part where he starts talking, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. But anyway, so um, Knives Out is pretty much, would I, am I off base by saying it's Clue? There's definitely some accents of Clue in it. You can't <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, like, I mean, come on dude. from the eccentric characters. And of course the mystery and the, you know, the murder mystery. Yeah, for sure. I can see the relation to that. I'm thinking, cause it, even they said, one of the quotes is they live. And what did, what did he say? Something like, he's like, he lives on the board game of Clue. I'm like, okay, at least they, they, they acknowledge that. Yes, we know what you're thinking. We know what you're thinking. Not it is. And a, a little bit of a Game of, Game of Thrones send-up, which was pretty dope. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, Knives Out is pretty much a murder mystery, all condensed in a family of uh, rich, pretty much sucklers of the teak of this amazing author, which I'm sure every rich person has. A it's a family, family of terrible people. people. Um, I think... I'm, I don't think... One of them isn't horrible but she ends up doing a horrible thing. And, um, but, uh, so, and it's a, obviously the, the main author, um, uh, Thrombe, right? It's, uh, what is it? Henry Thrombe? Is it Henry? Uh, it's Harlan, Harlan Thrombe. Harlan. What a weird name. Every time they said Thrombe, I'm like, gosh, that's a strange name to use. But anyway, he, he, he dies. Like I wanna, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without ruining anything of this movie. He he dies. And they're trying to figure out how he died and how they're going to, you know, what happens to the money and all. That's pretty much the thing. Daniel Craig plays a sleuth that's just, he's supposed to be next level. The amazing sleuth of the of the country. And uh, he's in there with um, Lakeith Stanfield and another detective. I don't know that guy's name. We're trying to figure out what exactly happened. He's interviewing each of the people. Mind you, this isn't my type of movie. Let me just say that right off the bat. This isn't my type of movie. This is not a thing that I like. I think it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. We're going to find out who, who, um, you know, who does, you know, who killed, who did whatever. Let me tell you something. Very rarely am I in awe of a script. In absolute awe of a script. By the end of this movie, not only was I saying this movie was incredible, but I said, how did he write this? Do you know how many loose ends he had to tie up by the end of this script? And tie it up enough where we bought it? It's insane what this movie does. Insane. 
because there's little things that he even does, you know, like every, like many awesome, you know, mystery movies do, you know, you see a scene a certain way. And then once the truth is revealed, you go back and you see a scene in a different light. Yeah, the way that. the way he does it, though, sometimes you see it like, oh, that's obviously reshot. There's a thing they do with Chris Evans that they go back and see a, a, um, a reaction that he has. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is genius. That is just genius. This movie blew me away so much so that I have a feeling it's going to be overtaking my favorite of the year. One of my favorites of the year. No, oh, wow. it's not close. It's not close. This is a work of genius, Dan. Oh, well, I'm not genius. arguing with you. I'm just like, I'm impressed with your I, uh, excitement. I wish, because most of the time you see a movie, you're like, okay, if I had the idea, I could probably have maybe possibly in a distant form of written that. This is so far beyond that I, I have a brand new respect from Ryan Johnson. Brand new. A brand new respect by how he did this. I mean, it is a work of genius. That's all. A work of genius, dude. Nice. How about you? And I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I thought you were punctuating. I apologize. I know, no, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying it's one of those times where I'm thankful that I had a chance to see this in the movie theaters. I am grateful that this thing was shown and I was able to go in and see this movie. Yeah, it great. was a pleasure. So that's my that's my take. Brian, what do you got? Man, I loved this movie. This is uh Jake on my podcast said, like, I haven't watched a movie in a long time that I can say is like an instant classic. And I like, I think that that, I think he's right. Like, like this is an instant classic in my opinion. Like this is going to be movies that, you know, when you see it on TV, you'll stop and you'll watch it. And, and, and a lot of breakout performances in this one too. Uh, Tony Collette, who we see in, uh, usually like, in like, you know, think about like her and hereditary and the horrors. Mm -hmm. We don't think about her being like this comedic, uh, uh, actor. And the same thing goes with Daniel Craig. Like, I think, I think Logan Lucky, that movie, that, <laughs> that showed a range right there. <laughs> that was good. And I think that that's what opened up the door for this. I mean, when you're watching him and he's, they're interviewing, the detectives are interviewing, you know, each family member separately. And then, you know, and he's just sitting back in a chair listening Oh. And so he hears something suspicious and he just taps on that. Uh, oh, dude. And you're just like, oh, my God. I, I, It makes you want to go back and watch this movie again and just like pick up on like, what was he thinking when they said this? And and it's this it's so much rewatchability, even after the fact that you figure everything out. And another thing about this movie that blew me away was the fact that I felt like it, it threw out all of its cards. It showed you all of its cards at the beginning of the movie. And I'm thinking like, where's the mystery now? And then... All of a sudden, it's like, no, 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 no. I've got, I've got more story in my hip pocket. I'm Ryan Johnson. I got more up my sleeve. And then we just, it becomes, this movie becomes something completely different. Um, it, it's so good. And the whole cast is great. Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic. Don oh. Johnson's great. Chris Evans is doing stuff we haven't seen him do before. And, uh, it, well, uh, he you, he was kind of a snarky character in the Fantastic Four movie and, and watching some of the, but I think 
we've just gotten so used to seeing him as like, you know, Captain America that we forgot mm-hmm. he got that kind of range too. So God, I just, I loved this movie. I thought it was uh, an incredible film. You know, I will say one thing. I saw it on a double feature last night because I just didn't have the time to watch movies this week. And I kind of wish I would have caught it on his own because I went with Queen and Slim first, which put me in a certain mindset. And I'm thinking if I go into Knives Out, it's going to pick me back up again, which it did. But I almost feel like I kind of shortchanged myself by doing that because I ended up watching two great movies and I didn't get to give my full focus to this one. So I'm definitely going back and watching it again. But yeah, both of you are right. I mean, the cast is is phenomenal. The script is phenomenal. The The way that Ryan Johnson's able to keep us just enthralled in this. And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. I know what's going on. And of course you don't because that's the, that is the makings of a good mystery. You know what I mean? Uh, everything about it, man, the, the tone, the cinematography, the music, everything. You'd mentioned Tony Collette, Brian. Have you ever seen United States of Terra? No, I haven't. So United States of Terror came out, gosh, well over 10 years ago. It was on Showtime. And she plays a woman with multiple personalities. She's a, a basically a housewife. And Brie Larson's in it. That's where the first time I ever saw Brie Larson. She plays, she, she's incredible in this movie. So you saying that you really hadn't seen that before, I would agree with you had I not seen United States of Terror. But it really shows the range that Toni Collette has. I mean, I think she's yeah. honestly one of my favorite actors these days. And um, she did a phenomenal job. They all did. Lakeith Stanfield, I wish they would have given him a little bit more. But other than that, I think he did great. Thank you. Know, you. They, they, they way underused Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, I mean, yes. Put it this way. There's a character in the movie that they call, oh God, what was his name? It was uh, uh, Trooper Wagner, I believe is what they called him. And even though he says like maybe three, four lines throughout the movie, they're like, they're really good lines because he's like this, you know, not only is he trying to do his job, but he's completely starstruck about what's going on, that he's in this his favorite author's house and such. And, they, and it really made his character build up a little bit. I thought that with Lakeith Stanfield, they just... I don't know. He was just doing his job. You know what I mean? They could have given him those lines because he is a quirky character. I mean, if you watch Atlanta, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's full of one liners, you know what I mean? So I felt that it was a little bit of a waste, but other than that, I felt like the house was a bigger character than, uh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The house is a character in the movie. You know, it's like, there are certain houses that are part, uh, like we talked about Home Alone earlier. Like, like that house is part of that movie. It's For a character. Sure. It's like Betty or Not or something like that. Right. And like this, same thing with Knives Out. That house is, I. There's you'll never forget that house. Once you no. Movie, you'll never forget this house. And, I, and, and just, you know, just exactly what Brian was saying. Like, I love magic, but I really love the magic when you're in front of their face, they hand you the cards. You'd be like, will you agree that this is a normal deck of cards? Yes. Pull out the top one without touching it. What Ryan Johnson does is, I'm going to give you the deck. Here you go. You now know who did this. And you don't think I could still do a trick. And I'm like, he did, though. He gave us all the cards. And was like, I will still perform this amazing illusion. Mm -hmm. That takes such... Do you know how much... Because he tells us in, what, 40 minutes? About 40 minutes in, he tells us what actually happened. Because there's a long bit of the movie where it's just like, now I'm like, well, then where do we go? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I know now. But he's like, yeah, I still have an illusion to give you. And dude, the way he weaves it, like, I wouldn't even know where to start with this script. I wouldn't know where to start. And even if they gave me all the pieces, to make it a cohesive movie, 
is so amazing. Just And then there's a part, I'm not going to even ruin it, where there's a quote that says, you did this. What he does with that quote, I said, this man is a genius. This man is a freaking genius. Amazing, dude. You know, speaking of the cast, I have to give props to Michael Shannon. Every time I see Michael Shannon, he's usually, you know, he's got that face. You know, (laughs) it's like, oh, you're playing a serious role today, aren't you? You know, he's got that face about him, very hard, stern face. And I liked the, um, ah, what would you call it, I guess? It was not so much insecurity. He was like neurotic in this one. You know, he he, he definitely had his issues that he had to work out with his father and all that. But uh, I I liked this take on... on, um, for Michael Shannon, I should say, I, li- I like those character that he played because it's something like I really haven't seen him do before. Normally, he's a threat of some kind. And in this case, I guess potentially it's there. But it was just more of a man that was panicking, trying to get shit done for his family. And I thought that this was good. This was like a different kind of a role for him. Totally. And it's, yes. I was just going to say, and then Ana de Armas, who plays Marta in this, I think she kind of like there's really not that many scenes she's not in it. She's kind of carrying this movie the entire time. And I think she did a great job. I I think I was looking, trying to see where I've seen her before because she has such a familiar face, like those eyes. You can't, you can't forget those eyes. And all I saw was game of Thrones. And I cannot remember what the hell I've seen, you know, like what she played in game of Thrones, but for not really seeing her that much, just kind of knowing her face, man, I really thought she killed it in this one. Was she not in Blade Runner? She was in the new Blade Runner. Yeah, I had yeah, that. that's what yeah. I remember her from. That was my only familiarity is what I'm getting at is going, what have oh. I seen that she could be in? It was Game of Thrones, but I don't even remember her from that. But I thought she killed it, man. She's great. Dude, she just and, – and you know, it's funny. What I, and, I, and I might be wrong, but it's almost like Ryan Johnson was like Chris Evans because he calls him by both names probably. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, listen, some people th- – you have a douchey face, so why don't we just let you play a douche? <laughs> Like, we all think he's Captain America, but he's like, you could be a douche, too. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yes, Scott Pilgrim, that's right. Totally. He has the face, and I'm like, oh, that's right. Captain America has a douchey face. And because he played right into it, the little the little um, remarks he was making, I'm like, yep, I buy it coming out of that face. Totally do. He would be that guy. I, and I love his name in this movie. I love it. I was like, Ransom. What a cool name. <laughs> Ransom. Well, it's Hugh. It's, it's Hugh to the help. Well, yeah, to the help. Oh, and how many different countries did that? Did they say that she came from? Yeah, was like, that was great, so too. Funny. Another running gag. I loved it. Paraguay, so Ecuador. <laughs> Brazil, oh, I think one of them was. Yes. It was so and I could talk about this movie for hours because it was that it was a feat of, and I hope that this doesn't get, cause my son was like, I, I don't know if it's in the running for the Oscars. Is it too late? Uh, I don't know. Late. I mean, if it happens in 2018, I think that they have, they stand a chance for sure. Really? I think okay, so. Good. Don't, I'm no authority. Of course. I don't know either. I don't know when the cutoff. Date well, is like, okay. The- what about say, um, the shape of water? Didn't that come out pretty late in the year? You know what? You're right. Yeah. So it, it's totally possible. Yeah. This, this, is, this could totally be now. I think, I don't think it'll be any single performance. I don't know. Maybe, maybe best screenplay. For and sure, dude. Best. Maybe I don't Production know. design. Yeah. Yeah. But I think screenplay would be up there. I don't know if it'll be nominated for best movie. Director? 
possibly. Yeah, I can see that. But typically, if it's yeah, not always, but sometimes if it's best director, the movie's also being nominated. But that's not all the time, though. True, but they, I know they're gonna if they even do do this because we have a lot that are gonna be coming. I'm very curious of who the nominees are gonna be. But I know um, Joker's in the talking. You know, for sure, it's in the conversation. This Parasite. is in the conversation, huh? Parasite. Parasite. That's what I'm saying. Like. But man, I very rarely leave the theater. I want because the lights came on when I was in there. I sat long enough for the for the the credits to go and the You're lights. Waiting for to the come stinger? On. No, I just was sitting there thinking about it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? No, no, I, <laughs> I just I sat that, there man. thinking about it, like, huh? It was weird. It was like. When I was driving home, I'm thinking to myself what I'm going to put down in my notes about Queen and Slim and stuff. And, you know, I actually cut down what I was saying about Queen and Slim. But this movie, I didn't write any notes for it probably shows. But it was because as I'm driving home, there's just so much going on with this one. And I feel like if I was to go in and watch it again today, I would almost have like a completely different perspective on things. Yes, there's the main story and, you know, the plot of it and everything. But like, yeah, I think there's things that are planted in this movie that it would you would benefit from by going back and watching it again, piecing the movie together. One of oh, my favorite sure. things to do, you know? For sure. And it's also very difficult to give the synopsis of this movie because you can't spoil anything. Right. And it's yeah. almost impossible to do it without, even like if you read the MDB, the DB, it might still get something like, I wouldn't have said that. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have even said that. I probably would have just been like, look, it's not Clue. It, for me, it's just, of this year, it's probably the most impressive script of the year for me to get done and have it done cohesively to the point that I followed every single turn. It was just amazing, dude. It was amazing. Daniel Craig's delivery in this and, and and it really, his delivery in this is just amazing. Uh, And then the donut hole joke is, Oh my God. It's so good. And he plays it so serious. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, oh, this is, Ryan Johnson is at the top of this game. He's at the top of, like, because think that on paper, you read it and be like, oh, that's interesting. You have to deliver that joke. You really do. And man, did Daniel Craig deliver that joke. <laughs> Incredible. It was so good. Oh, And he just life. kept getting better and better as the movie went on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He became more animated. More at first, he was real chill, but he became more invested in finding who did this as time went on. So I thought <laughs> until the end, and I'm like, "Well, then wh- it's so good. It's so good, dude." Did you guys it's happen great. to catch who was reading the will? I did. The, uh, the character's name was Alan Stevens. Mm-hmm. Frank Oz. It took me a second. Yeah. Well, it took me to read the credits. I didn't oh, okay. even know at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know at the time. I mean, realistically, it took me a second. Like I said, I was driving home, so I had to like get on IMDb and start putting shit together. And I'm like, oh shit, Frank Oz, but he looked super familiar. I guess I'm just used to hearing Miss Piggy or Yoda or some shit like that. But yeah, he was even great in it, you know? <laughs> and he was great. Like when they were like, get out of my house. And he was just like, oh, right. Yeah, he was And I'm ready. like, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, another word so- necessary. I'm out. Exactly, I am out. I was like, that's how everyone feels. It, it was just, 
And then there's a part where a very, uh, I'm not going to say who, someone giggles at the end of the movie that made the whole auditorium laugh. Because the, the person doesn't say most anything throughout the whole film until the end, and she laughs, and everyone in my theater laughs. They're like, oh, that's fun. I'm like, you know how hard it was to place that laugh at the perfect point to make sure it hits? Oh, and it hit. Let me ask you, with a, with a cast like this, is it possible to pick out a standout character? Yes. I have mine, but I'm just not sure if it's easy for everybody else. I, I would say that it's Daniel Craig myself, because... I don't care for James Bond movies whatsoever. I don't give a shit which James Bond you give me. It's just not my thing. I'm just not into it. And that's pretty much why I didn't really pay attention to him for the longest time, you know? But he gets here. Like Brian said, um, Logan Lucky. That's when I went, oh, okay. This guy, there's more to this guy than just being, you know, a British badass 007. I think that he is just fucking killing it in this one. This whole foghorn leghorn thing that he's... Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, like I just kept waiting for him to go, indubitably. Like he was, he's that kind of a character. And I had no idea outside of Logan Lucky that he had anything like that in him. So I my, just, you know, just me, I, he's definitely the standout character. I agree. What about you, Brian? Easily Daniel Craig. He is. And that's another point where Ryan Johnson showed you his cards. At, the, at a certain point, uh, someone says... I am done with your little fall horn, flog horn, leg horn, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, he's even saying, yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. I know. I'm like, dude, this guy, damn, Brian Johnson, dude, he just, he, he, I'm so looking forward to what comes next from him. Is well, he, that might be what the Star Wars trilogy, right? Yeah, that's that's not uh, they haven't axed that yet. And he recently came out and said he would love to direct an episode of uh, season two of The Mandalorian. So, oh, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, you know, I Jake mentioned, like, why doesn't he do another Knives Out movie where it's not this family. It's a, it's just Daniel Craig and a different mystery. Oh, that would be, you know what? They could completely expand on that. And I'd be down for it. Day one, for sure. That would be fantastic. And I was thinking like they could, you know, did kind of go into the Marvel. Well here with, you know, Chris Evans, like maybe pull out another, Marvel alumni and in the next one, get Robert Downey Jr. To be part of this dysfunctional. That would be great. Look, dude, truthfully, I would even say like, hypothetically say, uh, uh, someone, I can't even say, we both all know who's going to jail at the end for the murder. Okay. Or for, I can't even say that because he might've, anyway, we all know that someone goes away at the end of the movie. Let's say that someone is it a like something happens? Someone dies next to him in prison, and he hires him again. It was like, look, I need your. I didn't even watch that. Where he's like, I will figure out if you killed this person or not. I would watch that. It doesn't have to be in another house. It could be inside. I don't care. Give me another knives out. Because there's knives. Give me another one. Yeah, Benoit Blanc is one of my favorite characters this year. As far as just coming out, it's like, I just did not expect him to be that good. So I'm totally won over. And the, the thing is, it's like, I think like 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been Daniel Craig. It would have been like Johnny Depp or some shit. Easily. I easily. Guess. So it's like, I'm glad we're at a place where we got Daniel Craig playing this character. You know who I, the only other person I would see doing this part well, 
and I would buy the voice coming out of him is like John Goodman because he could do that voice. Like I remember him talking like that in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I was like, I'd buy John Goodman in the part. I just think Daniel Craig fit perfectly. And I didn't even know he did. Because when he started talking in that accent, I'm like, oh, within four minutes, I forgot. Hmm. I'm like, well, I believe it. I'm in. It's so good, dude. It's right. so good. Awesome, it's man. so smart. There's a mud scene where there's something in the mud and the what the person <laughs> does to to take away the, I'm just like, that is so smart. It's that quick. And it's done. I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, come that person on. was pretty quick on their feet. I'm trying not to say who it is. Exactly. Quick on their feet for oh. not ever having any experience with any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, dude. Some some people are just naturally born to 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 play, and that it's, person was one of them. And the, the and the, what what I really liked, and I'm in this mode right now, is that someone's goodness saved them. Being a good, decent human being is what saved them. They were. Everyone else is like, well, this is what I would do if I was this person. I do an evil thing, so that's going to catch them. But like you said, it's like you being good is what saved your life. Yeah, and that's the thing, Steve. With this movie, there's a part where that particular character, you don't really know what they're going to do. They could exactly. Take it, they could end up being the antagonist. You know what I mean? Yes, it's one of those yes. Things. But the way that they handled that was just so smart, man. Like, I, There's a reason... There's a reason Ryan Johnson is as good as he is. And this this clearly shows that, you know, and I, I'm a huge fan of Last Jedi. I'm a huge fan of Looper. I, I just think he's phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm with you. I can't wait to see, like, what's going to be his opus? You know, what's going to be the one? Have we, I don't think we've seen it yet. And that's great. Uh, question, Dan. Yes, sir. I thought about it as soon as I saw it. I was like, I need to ask Dan this. Um, is there different viscosity in the two vials? Oh, yeah. I thought about that, too. Yeah, for sure there is. I know I can't say in... To what you're talking about, those two compounds yes. that you're talking about, I've never held those. There's never going to be a time in my career where I hold either of those in my hand. Okay, okay. okay but okay, I can okay. say, yes, from what I've seen, there are different viscosities. That was super smart. That was like, God damn oh, you. Oh, that's so Damn you, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like, do I do think oh. that there's definitely a, uh, a, there's definitely a level of nonfiction to that for sure. It's so smart to be like... Oh no, it was just subconscious. You didn't even, it's so, cause I bought it, bro. Yeah. Oh, that's where God. I was like, I was by myself, but I really was like genius. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> you did it. Genius. We pulled together and we did it. Uh, I think I'm going to be a, I, like, I'm, I'm going to be fanboying on this script and people are going to be like, we get it. We know which movie you're going for in the awards. I'm, I just, it struck me in a way, dude. It the just struck me are in going a way. to be very interesting next year. Oh, it's going to annoy you. You're like, let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me guess what you think. <laughs> so right on. We both, we all loved Knives Out. Yes. Uh, let's go around the table, starting with, with our guest, Brian. Yes. What do you give Knives Out? Oh, let's see here. I give Knives Out a uh, four point. Five. It's like you don't even want to give a rating because you don't like you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to spoil anything. I know. Yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, man, I'll just give it uh, four point five. Uh, but yeah, I'll just give it a four point five. Nothing, nothing witty here. Nothing going. Okay. Okay. Steve, I will get. I will give this. Um, I will give this a four point. 
five uh, weed drawers. Nice. Little stash box? Yes. All right. I'm going to go with you guys. 4.5 out of five um, donut holes within donut holes. That's what I'm <laughs> I love. Dude, that was such a good movie, Doc. Yeah. One of the better ones I've seen this year. I know I have said that a lot. Is it me or is this year killing it? I can't tell. Maybe just because... I don't know, man. It seems like I've watched more movies. It makes sense for what we do, but I feel like I've watched more movies than I've ever watched in my life. And I'm just curious, are we having a really, really good year? Cause it seems like it is to me. I think I've just seen uh, more movies than normal. And just, a, just another year for me guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got, we've got some good movies this year, but I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of stinkers. I think last year there were some great movies too. I mean, you know, I started when when I started podcasting. Uh, one of the one of the movies that just kind of like blew me away was uh, Room with Brie Larson. You know, and that that was like one of those movies that I was uh, you know talking about. And and uh, I just think I just think you guys have just this year just kind of like upped your game with like with all the movies, and you've been exposed to more things. I think like um, and you'll find that out. I, I so like this is a, this has been a special year for you guys. It really has. I mean, nothing has. Uh, uh, nothing has really overtaken the what is gonna be my movie of the year uh, because it just was you know when I'm when I'm watching reactions on YouTube of a movie that's a heck of a movie and so I think you know it's gonna be tough for Avengers to be uh, overtaken but it's been a good good year of movies people this next movie uh, I don't know I mean you probably heard it Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. In beautiful day in the neighborhood. Here's what I'll say. I, I, I don't even want to tell you the synopsis because a lot of people think it's about a thing and it's not about that thing. And so I would recommend that no one reading the even IMDb go in blank because I thought it was a thing. It's not at all what I thought it was at all. Can I ask you a quick uh, question? Yes. Is this the kind of movie where it, you know, spoiler, is it, is it a spoiler kind of movie where it's going to fuck everyone up? Or I mean, can you, because to me, it's sort of on the cover, you know, the, the, the actual, like the trailers, everything, you know, who Tom Hanks is playing. Like you do. Cryptic. So I'm just curious. Is there more yes. There? It's a, it's a, um, the way they approach it, the, what, what he actually, cause he's actually playing two different parts. <laughs> oh, okay. And I didn't know that. So what it, pretty much it's, let's just go as, uh, this is Fred Rogers being interviewed by a by a journalist played by Matthew Reese, who doesn't believe he's as wonderful as he says he's, which is all of us who doesn't believe this guy cannot be who he says he is. Uh, Matthew Reese is a journalist who's been to like war zones. Uh, he has destroyed certain people that he's interviewed, and they're like, "Well, next, here's what you're going to do: an expose on Fred Rogers." Fred Rogers is like. Uh, and they're like, why would I do? He said, why would I do that? And Fred Rogers and uh, the, I'm sorry, his boss is like Fred Rogers. Picture. It's like what? So it's him pretty much interviewing this amazing man, who he just doesn't believe he's. You can't be this wonderful. You just can't. There has to be a glitch in the matrix somewhere. And I will say this, people. Um, you never, it's very embarrassing to cry like a baby in front of your girlfriend. <laughs> it's not good. And you, I just couldn't help it, dude. It's that movie. Now, you, you didn't see the documentary, did you? I did not. 
Okay. I'm just curious where it, how it ranks. I mean, true, you're, you're dealing with the real person versus Tom Hanks playing that exactly. person. Exactly. And, but, and uh, here's, the weird, here's the weird part. I, when I first saw Fred, uh, Fred Rogers, when I first saw Tom Hanks go on screen, I said, oh, I'm not going to buy this. Nope. Yeah, because and that's then, how you are with Tom Hanks. You always say that. I was going to ask you about that. He plays Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom Hanks plays Tom Hanks. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> that dude... He turned into Fred Rogers. He turned into Mr. Rogers. And to see grown men turn into children when he walked into a room. Like, into children. And to see that um, there, there's little parts where they're just like, a kid is in there with his oxygen tank. And they're like, we need to start shooting. How long has he been doing this? He said, She's like, we're an hour and a half behind time, but you cannot tell him it's time to go. Because he wants to talk to that kid for as long as he needs to. And it happens every day. I wasn't ready, bro. I'm surprised, man. I really didn't think you were going to even watch this movie. It's, it's, it's a beautiful movie about the goodness of people and what we could be if we actually reached down and pulled that out. And just said, you know what? I'm here to, there's a little thing where he's just like, he's talking on the phone with someone and he's like, hey, what's the most important thing to you? And he's like, the guy on the other end is like, well, I have this job, I have this kid, I have this wife, I have to go do this, I have to go do that. And Mr. Rogers said, you know what the most important thing to me right now is? He's like, what? He said, talking to you. Yeah, Fred was good at that kind of shit. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> and I was just like, you walk away being like, <laughs> like, ugh. I mean, I would think you would have a better reaction, but I... I, I don't even I'm, know what to say. I'm just like... I'm fucking with you. No, I can tell when you uh, like a movie. Let me guess. There was a little bit of uh, outside influence that brought you to the movies, right? I can't oh, see you sure. just going, I'm going to go see this movie on my own. I, it wasn't the top of my... It was Melissa was like, I really want to see the movie. I'm like, you know what? I like Mr. Rogers, sure. And I just thought it was going to be like a, hey, worst case scenario, a throwaway, a throwaway movie. I like watching Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks be Tom Hanks. Why not? I like Matthew Reese. He's fantastic. Um, loved him in the Americans. Dude is a beast in the Americans. And uh, so I was like, okay. And bro, I wasn't ready. What's your rating? Oh no, did Brian? Did you see it? Oh, I saw this one. Yeah. Did you cry or did you not cry? I fought back tears, but I did cry at the end. <laughs> exactly. I was fighting back tears, fucking fifteen. <laughs> this movie, it beats you up. It beats you up. <laughs> I mean, dude, when, okay, I, so not to spoil Brian, when he met his father, mm -hmm. dude, he was a child again. Mm -hmm. Oh, and what about the subway scene? Yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, dude. Okay. You're talking about the scene they show in the trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that fucked leading, me up already. I know oh, I'm going to get fucked up watching this movie. It is an amazing, I'm talking about. Now, did you see them going the direction of how they did the movie, though, Brian? No, it, it was. <laughs> this is directed by Mariel Heller, and she directed uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl and that movie that uh, Melissa McCarthy was in last year, that Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh, I like that movie, yeah. And when it first started, it was like, it starts like it's an episode of Mr. Rogers' Dude! Name. <laughs> I know. And I was like, what is going on here? I don't know about this. And, but you know what? It, it worked. And I, it was, it, and, and you don't, 
it's really it's interesting. It's it was bold on what they did with this story as far as like uh, the way the story is told and and who it's really told through and what it revolves around and and it's 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 inspired about the, the, there was a 1998 article that came out. Can you say hero? And it was written by this guy Tom Juno from uh, Esquire magazine. And that, this is where the story uh, it's based inspired by a true story. And I mean, I just, I, but the, the, the moments we do get, you know, like with Mr. Rogers and stuff like that, I loved Tom Hanks. It was like, it was like, you were watching him even like behind the scenes, like when he was playing with Daniel, the puppet and like, oh, yeah, I'm just like, dude, I grew up with Daniel, the puppet, you know, like <sighs> Daniel, the lion. And I grew up with that puppet, loving that puppet. I loved all the puppets on that show. And just to see like, even Tom Hanks, like put forth, like. You know, I felt like I was watching Mr. Rogers when we're watching Tom Hanks lip, like do the lines of Daniel the Lion when they're recording. And if you watch the Mr. Rogers documentary, like Daniel is a young Mr. Rogers. Yeah, like that, it's that, essentially yeah, him. It's, it's, it's him. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think these, those two movies kind of go hand in hand, but I don't think you have to see one or the other um, to appreciate either or. They're both beautiful things in their own right. And this is a really, really fantastic movie. I mean, what, what in your opinion, what makes it so tear-jerking when it's not sad at all? Dude, it's, it's not it's, sad. It's, it, it's the, what makes it so heartbreaking is like the fact that you, you see that this guy is clearly broken but you also see the love pouring through from Fred Rogers and you're almost, you're just like, you're just like people need that in their life. And you're just, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's just seeing somebody care that much. Like not everybody gets that sort of attention from someone and to, to the fact to, to, to where it like bleeds over into their real life and they're able to heal, not, not only heal themselves, but heal like relationships and, 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 you know, lifelong family trauma. Like this is just it, how powerful one man and, and a guy that's like in the public spotlight that, you know, it's like, you'd think like most of these, you're not going to get, you're not going to hear stories about certain actors doing this. Like they'll show up to a hospital and they'll put on a Marvel suit, but they're not going to stick around and change their life and, and, you know, mend their families. And like Fred Rogers was the kind of guy that like, he writes your name in a book and, you know, in, in the movie, he's praying for different praying for people, dude. Yeah. Every oh man, God, it was just like, dude. this is who the guy was. And, um, just, did you hear, did you hear the, um, the story recently, his wife, Joanne, like came out and said that there was one thing that he did when they were watching like a movie or at an event together. Like if he was bored, there was one thing that he would do. <laughs> he would lift up a cheek and fart. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he, would give, he would give her like this smirk. So they asked him, did he, did he ever have like a dark side or a, or a mean streak in him? He's like, the only thing he really did was lift up his cheek and fart when he was bored. I don't know. That is so funny. <laughs> and, it, you know, and it's funny because the hardest thing for me walking around from this movie is that he wasn't, like I said before, he wasn't a super, he was a, he's not a superhero. He's a normal person. It'd yeah. be easier if he was just a Marvel character. Because then I could be like, oh, you can't be that. 
That's why he's a superhero. The fact that he was a human being is like, oh man, he had the problems we have, mm-hmm. issues, and he just, she just, and like his wife said in the movie, he just learned to take that and release it in a different way. I'm like, dad, got it, man. That's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing, this movie. Dan, you have to see it. No, I'm sold. I'm going to check it out this week. I actually have some time to go to the theater this week, so I'll be checking it out for sure. You be ready, dude, because it's just a... I'm telling you, I was a sniveling bitch walking out of the documentary. I can only imagine with this. You add Tom Hanks to the mix, I'm screwed. There's so many times where, uh, oh my God, Brian, what about the 30 seconds in the restaurant? Oh God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when he looks at the camera. Oh my God. Uh-huh. I know. It, it's like it's like it, it it's that 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 moment is not just in the movie. It's like that moment is affecting people, the viewers, me. Oh, it's affecting me. Dude, it you know? Because okay, I closed my eyes when he looked at me. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm sitting, I'm I'm there and I'm in the moment and I'm doing as he asked. I'm it's 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 that is a brilliant scene, dude. Bro, now do you think he has a shot at best actor? One hundred percent. It's going to be down to him and Joaquin Phoenix this year. Yeah, Ooh. there's no question, right? N- not in my mind. I mean, if not it, in my mind at all. Because Tom Hanks had nothing to gain from doing this. It was all lose, and he beat it. He won. <laughs> it was all lose because he's playing someone we're all familiar with. And we're all tied to. And he decided to jump in because he knew who else could have done Mr. Rogers that we would believe that has no drama in their history, has no weird sexual weird things in there. Tom Hanks has a clean record. That's it. He can do it. Johnny Depp couldn't do it. Well, think about think about this. Think about this. It's going to be the one of the most evil characters that we've seen this year versus the most wholesome guy. Yeah, that is dreams. so funny. That's true. Both of which are a they're doing a commentary on society. If they do a Joker too, what they need to do is they need to have Mister Rogers cross over and see if he can <laughs> <laughs> see if he can fix the Joker. Be like, I'm gonna pull you back, Arthur. <laughs> And you'd be like, I know, you'd be like, it's not bad to laugh as much as you do. I like to laugh, too. <laughs> Next thing you know, Joker's crying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's sing a song about laughing. Exactly. <laughs> that is so good. I, now, speaking of Joker 2, oh, first I'll give the rating. I'm going to give it, um, the only thing I can give it, a four out of, or, uh, yeesh. A four out of five crying Steves. I will give it four out of five crying Brian. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Brian, do you, because you are, you do your research, both you and Dan, actually. Either one of you know how certain Joker 2 is? It is not a certainty. Um, it is, it, it's definitely something uh, that was addressed. Um, what was it? who came out with the article? I think, yeah, THR came out with an article saying like, it's happening. They're doing Joker two. It's bit there. It's going forward. And then it was variety followed up with yeah, their own variety. Yeah. Saying like, no, it's not, it's not a hundred percent. 
And then Deadline said that, no, the, you know, it's, it's no IndieWire. Uh, eventually it, this got to IndieWire eventually. And, and, and uh, Todd Phillips, the director, spoke to IndieWire, and he said, I can always honestly say to you, there was no meeting that ever happened on October 7th where I marched in. If you know me and my career, that's not my style. So basically, there was this rumored meeting between him and the heads of Warner Brothers in October saying, like, they're going to go ahead and they're going to do a Joker 2. And then they're also going to give him another movie, like an origin story for another villain of the DC Universe. And like that, that, that meeting never happened. Um, so... It's one of those things like where money talks. I think that they are going to go to him and try to get a Joker 2 done. They'll probably want to talk to Joaquin. But like this could fall apart. It's 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 really up to them. I I personally don't care either way. If they have a sequel, they have a sequel. If they don't, they don't. I I mean, you know, I don't care either way, to be quite. Yeah, I, don't- I, I, I liked how it ended. Yeah, it stands yeah. so well on its own. It's completely unnecessary. And it's it just makes me wonder, if you're going to do this, please don't let money be the object. Let it be a passion thing. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you can really recapture that or not, because this would clearly be money-driven. There's no, didn't, uh, Dan, didn't Todd Phillips say, we're not, we're, him and Joaquin or Joaquin said, this is a one-shot deal before the movie dropped. This yeah, right it. off the bat, that's what they're saying. Exactly. As Brian says... Money talks and people listen, you know, and it's it's very possible. I mean, you, I guarantee you there's someone at Warner Brothers right now that is fully has a rock hard dick about this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're, they got their swimming pool planned out. You know, they're going to get that new fucking Tesla truck. They got shit to do. And I'm sure they want this movie to happen. I'm so true, G. It all depends on Phoenix, dude. That's really it. Whether he's going to do it and not be reluctant about it or whether he's just going to be walking Phoenix as he is very well at being and just say, no, I'm good. That's it. No more. And I almost respect him for that if he does. But can you do another Joker without Batman? Will we sit again for another two hours? With, I think because that's where you start getting divisive. Yes, dude. Because I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that again. Be like, we know he's not old unless you want to age Joker. You're buying a ticket. You're buying a ticket. Joker. T- <laughs> yeah, I'm buying a ticket for sure. <laughs> You're Either way. Line, it's true. It's true. You're right. I will because I got to see what they do. And someone actually made a point saying maybe they use uh, the Joker Joker is someone that the Joker inspired to be Joker. See, it starts, you start getting a little speculatory there. I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's anyone's guess. I think that they're going to have to do something as equally good as this. And I don't really see how they can do that because this one sort of came in and shocked them. Yes. They weren't really ready yes. for that. You know, I know that for a fact, as I'm sure you guys did too, because I sure saw a lot of kids in that theater and I saw a few of them walk out. It was not the movie that these people were expecting. So, no. You know. And I was, you know, Dan, I was not, I was down on this movie. Like, I was like, this is going to suck. You don't like Joaquin, so that definitely... Because he's an annoying... Yes, it's true. It's true. I don't like Joaquin. And then I was like, well, I mean, what are you going to do, dude? He did a killer job. He did a killer job. He did a really good job at um, at the... Again, if I was in the offices, corporate offices of Warner Brothers, I'm not going to lie, Dan. Guys, if I made a billion dollar on Joker 1 and I want a new house, G... Hey, another billion looks pretty good. Listen. And if they're like, you said you wouldn't do it. I'm like, I don't care. That's weeks ago. We're doing another Joker. Yeah. I would What's honestly... in a sentence, really? It's just a sentence. <laughs> exactly. 
I've got plenty more sentences. I would be like, did I sign my name saying I wouldn't? Well, no. Well, then there we go. Let's do another. Free- and especially if you're going to say, well, Todd Phillips be like, if if I'm like, you have full reign, do whatever you want. And we'll give you a budget that's astronomical. Is Todd Phillips going to walk away from that? I mean, what's he really doing outside of that right now? What was his last big movie? Oh, that's a great question. The Hangover, uh, the Hangover trilogy was like, yeah, it. But that was quite a while ago. You know what I'm saying? So like what? I mean, I guess he's pretty much set off of this one, but he's not doing so many things. At least, at least from my perspective, he's not. He doesn't have so many irons in the fire that he can't make that happen. I think the Hangover trilogy is evidence why you don't invite him back to do anything else. That's another way of looking at it. Oh wow, that's a good. That's a good point, G. I liked the first one. That's about it. Well, sure, yeah. That 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 would be the same. I think formula here. You know, I, I. I think at this point, if you are wanting to go ahead and do these darker origin stories, you got to go and get, you know what I mean? It was like, it felt like Noah Hawley had a story he wanted to tell with Dr. Doom when, when, when Fox was, you know, uh, going to give him the green light to do, maybe Noah Hawley can give you an interesting origin story for maybe Mr. Freeze or something or the Riddler. Um, just do like, if you want to do those one shot movies, that's fine. Go ahead and do those. But I feel like Joker too. Um, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be as good. No. It's not going to be as good. Oh no, then I, I don't think so. Focus on, focus on, and, and you're not going to get Robert Pattinson and Joaquin Phoenix to cross over in a movie. Nor it, should you. I just think it's too different. You know, what I mean? It's way too different. And I think like focus on like your stable of directors that you have now and keeping them happy. Keep Patty Jenkins happy with the Wonder Woman stuff. Keep, you know, James doing Aquaman. I know you guys didn't like Aquaman and I I wasn't a huge fan to be quite honest with you, but like it made money and it made gangbusters. Keep him happy. Have him come back and do, of course he's doing the sequel, but James Gunn is another guy that I think that they could easily pull him away from Marvel. I think he's, I think he's going to do that guardians of the galaxy volume three and then bounce out of Marvel, just finish his trilogy and get the fuck out of there. Now, whether he does and does original projects after this, who knows? But I think like, if you can get this guy to return and do like suicide, suicide squad three, do, you know, even write some other DC stuff. He doesn't even have to direct it. You can get this guy out as a writer. He wrote the Belko experiment. I fucking love that. I love the Belko experiment. So it's like, it's like, just keep these guys happy. Don't, I mean, I know they're getting all wrapped up, but there's still more money to be made out there. It's, it doesn't all have to come from Todd Phillips and a fucking Joker sequel. So that is so true. That's yeah. great points, dude. Like, especially like his last big movie was War Dogs. I liked War Dogs. War Dogs, yeah, yeah. I like that movie. I don't think he got the props it deserved. But I mean, to go from War Dogs to freaking a billion dollar Joker, that is a jump. And and also, he almost like he almost hamstrung himself being dumb before the release, and that still didn't stop the billion dollars. So I think. I, I think you're right. They should if they can get James Gunn, slide him over. I would even I'm I'm mad. I think he would have done a killer um uh he would have been great for Holly Quinn. James Gunn would have made an amazing Harley Quinn move Holly Quinn movie. Yeah. Oh what? yeah. He, I think he directed her. There was a there was a statement. Somebody asked him on like Instagram or Twitter, and they said, Who who did you enjoy working with? Uh, did, did you did you enjoy working with Margot Robbie or something like that? And he admitted to it, like, yeah, I lo-. so I, Margot Robbie is in the Suicide Squad. It sounds like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's because I don't know how good this next Harley Quinn movie is going to be. I don't know. It might be amazing. 
Dude, it's weird. It's weird. I think there's two cuts of this movie, man. I think there's two cuts of this movie because I have been keeping up on this shit. And it seems like some people, people that have watched the screen, like when they've screened it and they have screened it, they are, they are enjoying this movie. So it's, I don't, and I think there's an R rated cut. And then I think there's like a PG 13 cut. And it sounds like from this most recent variety article that came out, that they're going to go with the R-rated cut. And I think that all has to do with this fucking the success of the Joker. Totally. Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, because people are going to think, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they reference him in the movie. Joker's in that movie. Like, I'm, I'm hearing that they're using cutout. I don't know. I'm hearing what? that they're using Wait, unused- if I may, you're referring to Joaquin, right, Steve? Yes. No, Joaquin, it's it's Leto. I think it's all Leto stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Leto stuff, man. I do. Oh. I think I think they're using the unused footage from the first Suicide Squad movie and putting it into this one. So that, that's a rumor that I've been hearing, but oh, wow. definitely not Joaquin Phoenix. If they, when they do refer to the Joker, and they will, because she basically says, like, me and the Joker broke up. So like that's oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So like, um, <laughs> it's it's definitely Leto's Joker. Man, they need like, dude, like, just reinvent Leto as the Joker, please. Someone let the, Leto. Yeah, reinvent. If they gotta keep him, reinvent him. He's a good actor. Like if you've oh, seen Brian. If, if no, I'm, seen, I'm with Brian on this one, Steve. He's a he's a douche, but he's a good actor. Have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? I you mean, were good in that. Oh, yes. what was it? Chapter 42? The one where he played um, um, the, the John Lennon, the, the guy that killed I him. never saw that. Great movie. He put on like 50 or 60 pounds. I did see the pictures. Yeah. And um, I think, I think, I, I don't know. I think that they, just the whole portrayal of the Joker in that movie was just fucking terrible. It I, was he so- didn't get a fair shot. Oh, you know, okay. How much, how much pull do you think he had with that portrayal? I think it was all him and it was, he, I don't know. They, he, yeah. I don't know. Maybe fuck him. <laughs> get, get, him get him the fuck out of there. Honestly, I think it was probably all him. It was probably fucking all him. Jesus. It probably was. No, oh, dude, he thinks yeah. that. And that's what I think. Like, I would say, um, no one's going to be Nicholson. No one's going to be, uh, uh, um, Heath Ledger. It's just not going to happen. And now no one's going to be Joaquin Phoenix. Just create your own vision. Just do something brand new. But it's going to be tough now because now that Joaquin's a fresh made Joker, I mean, anything that he does, they're going to be like, it's not as good as Joaquin's. Yeah, but there, there's no way in hell that Joaquin Phoenix is going to be in, involved in a in a Harley Quinn movie where she's got a pet hyena. And you know what he I mean? Lying. Yeah, it's be too ridiculous for him. I can't even see him doing action scenes like fighting other superheroes. It just doesn't seem like that's the character he is. You know, that's the actor he is. Rather, they tried. Marvel tried to get him as Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, wow! And the reason he wouldn't commit was because he didn't want to do multiple films. And I, you, you're getting Doctor Strange. You want to have Doctor Strange too. You want to that's have that's true. You want to have Doctor Strange in in Endgame. You want to have Doctor Strange in you know like a team up movie with some kind. You know, so. It's it's he would have been a weird Doctor Strange. Yeah, he's struggling with sequels. And they're like, all right, check it out. We've got a 22 movie plan. That's the last thing this guy wants to hear. Right. That's true. And especially since like he seems like the type to be like, you have 15 million. 
why don't you have 50? And he seems like the type to be like, why do I need 50 when I have 15? I don't need a billion dollars. He doesn't seem like the actor that's like, $40 million paycheck. He's like, eh, if he's not interested, he's not going to do it. He just doesn't really seem like the dude. Whereas other ones would be like, you pay me enough money. I, you pay Will Smith enough money, I don't know what he won't do. I'm not sure. You give, you give him a good check, he'll do a lot. It just doesn't seem like Joaquin's that guy. Yeah, Will Smith would be doing like Dunkin' Donuts commercially. You pay him. No enough. question. You pay him enough, he's in. But that's not Joaquin Phoenix. You, oh. He has to read the script and be like, or he might even be like that, like uh, Edward Norton, where it's just like, not only do I have to read the script, but I need to be able to have like hands on it to be able to mess around with it and edit it. That's hard to do. The director's not necessarily just going to be all jazzed about that. And we see where it got Edward Norton. Robert Downey Jr. was like when by the time they got to Iron Man three, like he had input on like the, how the suit was going to look, you know. So Jeez. yeah, but he earned that because oh definitely he, yeah he kind of was a it sound I mean I don't know but I mean look at uh, Terrence Howard got booted and I'm sure if uh, Robert Downey was a douche, Fav would have probably just been like I'm done, I just won't do it because he booted Terrence Howard. So he probably was a cool cat for a few movies and just earned the respect of Johnny Fabs and was able to put, get his input in. But also, that's when the suit got ridiculous. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> it became like a, oh, you can just push a button and it covers you? Huh. Well, that's, I mean, that happened in the comics, too. But my problem. Well, I didn't know that. My problem with the fucking suit in that movie is it, it was all gold. I miss, I love that red. Give me that fucking red. That red is next. That yeah. first. Brian, have you ever seen a trailer as good as that Comic-Con trailer for, no. for Iron Man 1? No, I haven't. That is the best trailer I have ever seen when, in my yeah, life. Dude. When that dude is in the cave and he shoots the gun and it ricochets off Iron Man's fucking head and bounces dude. into his and kills him, I'm just like, oh my dude. god. And then at the end, when he dodges that missile, shoots, yeah. it sticks in and he walks away and it explodes. I said... That is how you do a trailer, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I remember fucking like getting on, I, 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 hearing about it, and then finding it somewhere. <laughs> Secondhand smoke, <laughs> yeah. On, exactly. on somebody's <laughs> shitty fucking <laughs> 2000 phone. <laughs> 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 like watching it off like iPhone generation one video. Exactly, dude. That trick. Johnny Fabs knows how to. That trick. Because. It wasn't, I forgot that it's a tangential character. It's not even like one of the super characters. No, no. He made, he made him a thing. He was a B-level B comic character at that point. Dude. What he fucking cared about? I didn't care about Iron Man back then. No, and then uh, 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 he only got paid 500K, not only, but 500K. Yeah. And he went now, and I'm imagining with, by Endgame, he was making how much of yeah, there were some renegotiations, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <In between there. laughs> yeah. Oh, and there, I'm sure there was incentives, too. Like, if the movie makes this much, you get this. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a reason that Tom Cruise is like, I don't want payment. I'll take points. And he just takes all a bunch of points at the, you know, on the other side of Mission Impossible. Because it's like, you know, and I'm sure he did that for Top Gun, too. He's like, I'll just take points. Oh, a lot of them. God, that fucking trailer, dude. Dude. When are we getting that movie? Oh, next next summer. I don't know if it has an. Oh, next summer, Jesus! Yeah, it comes out in twenty twenty. 
And uh, oh my god, every time they play that trailer in the theater, bung, bung, and I hear that fucking Top Gun, bung. I'm just like, See, oh my god, here we go. I cannot. And what? If, like he was in the jets this time, right? Oh yeah, he's flying these motherfuckers this time, dude. What cruise. is wrong with him? What is wrong with Tom Cruise? Oh, it's the man. hardest thing in the movie. I want to learn how to do that. That's yeah. kind of awesome about him, man. I love it. He is in. He's, but it's because of that he believes he's like. I don't think he believes he can die. Well, he's a theta. Did you see the author of Jack Reacher recently came out and said Tom Cruise is too old to be playing uh, uh, Jack Reacher? Was it Jack Reacher? Is that the character? Yeah, yeah. He's like he's too old to be playing that character, and he's too old to do these action movies and stunts. Oh, shut up! I was like. I was like, oh man, how can you, how can you even fucking say that, dude? He's like, sure. he's like, come on, come on, like, come on. He's another actor that's doing what he's doing. Here's what I'll ask. Here's what, what I'll tell you. I have not, when he ran full speed for that long on Mission Impossible, I said, I have not run that fast for that long for, I don't know how many, he ran across that building for like what? Yeah, like a, he just was. Di- I haven't ran that far, that fast in a very long time. Yeah, Tom's just age? rocking ten plus decades, hauling ass across a building, <laughs> right? Fucking What's scaling mountains. Up, What's fucked up though? It's like you're telling this actor that's doing all these action stunts to like, you know. Oh, you're too old to do this shit. But then we get a fucking commercial for ibuprofen where you've got like an 80-year-old woman dancing and she's doing exactly dancing. And everybody thinks it's great and it's cute. Or like this recent one that I saw, like the Advil one where the guy's like 70 years old and he's a skateboarder and everybody's like, yeah, cheering him on. But it's like – and that's great. I think that I think that's great too. But it's like you don't tell Tom Cruise to sit his fucking ass down because he's too old to be playing these characters. Exactly. And that's my my thing is I would ask that person at the end of Mission Impossible when he beats Henry Cavill, did you buy it? Yes. Well, then he's not too old. Because if he was too old, I'd be like, Henry Cavill would have destroyed him. I bought that he beat him. And this is super people can say that all the time about him. I think a lot of people don't like Tom Cruise because they're still hanging on to the crazy Oprah, you know, behavior that he had and everything. And Mm -hmm. Katie Holmes. But the fact of the matter is you can tell Tom Cruise, you can't do that anymore. You're just too fucking old. You can't do it. And every single time he proves them wrong. So they can say all the shit they want. It's just not fact. I got to separate myself from like, you know, like his stuff on the, in his real life, you know, it's, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm just, I'm watching a guy act. Yeah, I'm just exactly. watching a guy and he, he is in my opinion. And Steve, I know you've said this before. Like he's like probably like the last of like the big, like he's an actor. He's a, he's a draw. Like he's every, he's a name. Like you don't, you have yes. like, you have guys that are in that elite status and it felt like Will Smith was getting there for a while. Oh, like, he was close. He was so close, man. Every movie Will Smith came out with was like a hundred million dollars every time. And he was getting so close to that status. But nobody has had the longevity, the crew of a time. And I'm not saying he hasn't had stinkers, but overall, his catalog, his filmography is just like great movie, great movie, great movie, good movie, eh, stinker, great movie, great movie, great movie. Like this guy is an actor. Like we're looking at like Robert Redford level. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We are looking at the last movie star. And I can, I, Rebecca, I can hear star. your eyes. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I can fucking hear your eyes rolling in the back of your head from over here. She can't stand that dude, She hates man. him with a passion, man. I don't understand that. I got to ask her one day. Like, I really get into 
what is the deal? He's a movie star. Yes. Like he does action. He'll he'll do his own stunts. Like we're gonna look back years from now and be like, I'm glad that I lived when he well, was doing his thing. Oh, uh, like uh, okay. If you hate Tom Cruise for doing his own stunts, then I guess that you can go back and be like, Ah, Steve McQueen was a bitch too. So is Jackie Chan. It's, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jackie Chan's crazy. The, yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Like Steve McQueen on that fucking motorcycle in The Great Escape? That's, that's fucking Steve McQueen. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. And that was in a time where safety really wasn't at the peak. Yeah, they weren't regulated like they are now. No, and those motorcycles were differently built. Oh, yeah. Like these motorcycles, you take your hands off, they want to stay up the whole way. Those, you kind of have to wrench them. You know, that's that, for him to do those things, exactly. We're watching a movie star in action. We are, and one day when he inevitably dies from doing one of his ridiculous stunts, we're going to be like, I'm glad that I lived in a time when Tom Cruise was on screen. Oh, he's going to fucking, like, that, we watched that movie Free Solo. He's going to play that kid. Oh, know? for sure, yeah. dude. They're going to do and the aging. They're going to do the de-aging on Tom Cruise and he's going to climb fucking El Capitan all by himself and he's going to fall and he's going to die. You yeah. know? So. No, 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 no. And we're not, here's the thing. Everyone is going to act shocked at first, read the story and be like, yeah, well, yeah. That makes sense. He, he was, he was crazy. Like when you, that whole helicopter scene in The Last Mission Impossible, he mm -hmm. could have died 800 times oh, flying the helicopter that way. Right. And, yeah. but yet here he is. But um, that brings us to the end. Ladies and gentlemen, we have kept this brother's superstar for long enough. Man, you don't understand. It's been a long time coming. It's been a pleasure to talk to Brian, brother. Thank you for coming on. You are as amazing as people say you are. Take it, take it. We're back to this shit. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I would love to come back on. I, I will come back anytime you guys want me. I'm gonna, we're going to have to make a visit to your show. For sure. Oh, it'll happen. No. We'll do the crossover. We're Most definitely. Ourselves. Yeah. Hey, listen, Brian, just uh, honestly, you know, we won't do the whole, uh, you know, showering you with compliments thing. But again, and I know we've talked about this before. Thank you so much for everything that you've helped us out with and just kind of you know, giving us some opinions when we needed them. And uh, thanks for all that you do with the show. I think that uh, even though most of the people that are listening know about your show, I think it would be a great time to plug it. Oh, yeah. If you want to listen to me and Jake and our guests, uh, you can listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. We are on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go to popcultureleftovers.com. Check out some of the articles that some of our listeners write for the site. People like you. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Oh, and I also do another podcast called Number One Comic Books, where we talk about the first issues of a comic book series and let you know if it's something that you should be reading or if it's something that you should bail on. And it's very honest opinions, very brutal, very honest. Thank you so much for coming on, Brian. It's been something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. So you being here is very special. This is a very special episode. Thank you, sir. You know, I think you're the fucking tops. I cannot wait to meet you in person at C2E2 next year. So I'm, I'm thinking we'll talk before that, of course. But, you know, oh, for sure. Brother, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. We're done. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think Steve's gone at this point. I'm here with Brian, and I just want to let you know that we love you. We, we, we enjoy doing this every week and we're going to keep on doing it. I think that 2021, actually 2021 is going to be fucking fantastic, but 2020 is going to be an even better year and I can't wait to see what comes with it. So with that, I'm going to stop babbling. I'm going to let Brian go and enjoy his day 
And I'm gonna let you guys know something, all right? It's very important. Follow these rules, you're gonna be okay. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. That's it. Peace. (laughs) 